0: are you a demon then you best get out of my way i have no time for idle chit chat i'm a demon slayer and i should be out there hunting demons right now what's a demon slayer you ask well how do i put it a demon slayer is someone who slays demons plain and simple of course with any demon slaying you know it's a lot of language and content that occurs, so yeah, uh, it's at your own discretion. There are also major spoils abound because, let's face it, there are a lot of corpses as a well, result. So I I don't know what exactly demons are. I just I was raised by pigs. Uh, what does opinionated mean? I don't know what, but whatever it is. Me and my friends that I travel with, we have our own, and, uh, well, to each their own, that's all I'm going to say. Now, if you don't mind, get out of my way. I have some demons to kill, and I have a lot of training to do. Also, I'm feeling like eating some bacon right about now, and I don't know why. So tell me, kid. Why are you interested in me all of a sudden? Your family was killed by a demon? Well, point the way, let me at them rat bastards, I'll show them what Nosuke Yashibira is all about. You hear that guy, Pachurokama Kamabukro? I ain't you can do, I can do better! <laughs>
1: it's a dark night. You're coming home from selling charcoal in the village. It's been snowing a little bit. You're cold, so you decide to cut through the woods. It's too quiet you don't hear the birds you usually do you feel like something's watching you skulking around you pull your jacket tighter across you you hope nothing bad happens And you're so worried about it you don't realize that you almost run into a man with a box on his back oh it's a member of the Demon Slayer Corps this should go well nothing possibly bad could happen while he's around you right right hi listeners Welcome to another exciting episode of Dub Talk, uh, where a bunch of nerds talk about the latest and greatest in English anime dubs. And tonight, do we have an episode for you! I hope your chair is comfortable. You will be sitting in it for a very long time. Uh, because tonight, we're going to be talking about the dub for the smash hit shonen anime of 2019 and 2020, Demon Slayer, Japanese subtitle I never remember.
2: Hey, I came at you because... remember.
1: Thank you. I understand why they're doing it, but it's like, you're not going to sell me on this any harder than just calling it Demon Slayer. It has everything I want in life. Demons uh,
2: and I'm, slaying. I mean, I guess they wanted to be nice and referred to it by, like, the actual name.
1: <laughs> I mean, I, su- I assume it was also, an, like, an SEO search engine kind of a deal as well, but yes, that too.
2: Yeah, I, was, yeah, I, mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, suppose they could have, like, tried translating it straight, but I guess, like, Demon Sword of Destruction wouldn't, doesn't sound like something most people would actually read right away,
1: so... Yeah, not, that sounds fun but confusing. Like, I'm imagining imagining Steve Bloom saying that on TV every week. It just it just rolls right off the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> Anyways, joining us joining me tonight on this little excursion into uh, the depths of depravity and mayhem, uh, we have Jet. Spiders,
0: spiders everywhere.
1: It's true, Jamal.
0: It's a sis in the box. It's a sis in the box, man. It's a sis in the box. What is wrong with you, fam?
3: Thank you, Jamal. And Megan. Oh, I wish I was a member of the 12 Keys of Key. That is what I truly like to be. Because if I was a member of the 12 Keys of Key, Muzon wouldn't be, be so mad with me.
1: Well, I don't know about that. <laughs> At least if He's I was the angry. upper part. there there we go
3: I've been sitting on that joke for at least two days I'm proud of myself also B when you were talking about walking through the woods I thought you were going to start saying Shia LaBeouf
1: (laughs) I'm not that clever thank you for thinking I am though so yes we're we're here to talk about Demon Slayer uh, which uh, has that rare feat of becoming the biggest anime in the world right as it's manga is concluding yeah, a rare sight indeed. <laughs> yeah, a
2: feat that I think hasn't been seen since I want to say assassination classroom,
3: probably. Wow. Manga author, manga author of Demon Slayer, like, all right, I've got Buku books. I'm hi- I'm out. I'm out, fam.
1: <laughs> Oda, out. I'm
3: gonna... Oda, catch you on the flip side, buddy.
1: <laughs> Oda, Oda, a hand just peeks up on my drawing board. Oda
3: waves them away.
1: Have fun. I like your crocodile avatar.
3: Thanks. Like, also like your fish avatar. Haramu <laughs> Wakalas sits up in Hokkaido with her cow. Exactly. Uh, but yes, uh, we're going
1: to be talking about Demon Slayer tonight because it's a big deal and we enjoy it. And content, I don't know. Uh, perhaps you don't know what Demon Slayer is, in which case I'm impressed. You don't hang out in fan circles. That's probably a smart decision. Keep doing that. Uh, but if you don't know what it's about, let me let me give you an overview. It's about our, our protagonist, Tanjiro. Uh, it's, uh, it's the Taisho period in Japan. It's that weird period where uh, modernization and sort of Western culture was starting to filter in. Uh, sort of the very end of the 19, 1900 19th century. That kind of thing. Uh, and he lives out in sort of rural Japan with his family. He sells charcoal. Everything is going great until he comes home one day to find that his entire family has been murdered by demons. Except for one of his sisters, who has merely been turned into a demon. Uh, this this is bad, but uh, a, a passing demon slayer basically uh, initially tries to kill a sister, realizes that there seems to be a little more humanity in her than normal, and basically says, like, all right, I'm going to give her this thing so she won't bite people, because she seems okay, and you should come join our, our little crew here, uh, because, uh, you know, if you're part of us, you'll probably have a better shot at figuring out both protecting your sister and figuring out a way to turn her not into a demon, uh, because who wants that, right? Uh, things escalate from there, a lot, a lot,
3: lot. That's the understatement of the century.
1: <laughs>
2: it, this is a shorter jump <laughs> series, you say. Mm.
3: Uh, you know, you know, uh, uh, you
1: know. Sometimes, <laughs> like I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm saying, like you know, you- you're going along, and he has to fight a demon that keeps, you know, uh, little hair ornament trophies from all the people he kills, and like, oh, this is a minor entry. This isn't even notable. We're not even talking about that character.
3: He doesn't matter enough. That is, that's the episode where I literally had to put a trigger warning on people with sensitive ears, cause holy shit.
1: Yeah. Oh, if, do you, do you hate the sound of grinding teeth? You may want to skip that episode. Yeah. After.
0: If you got tinnitus, misophonia, if you're hard of hearing, please skip episode eight.
1: Save yourself. Uh, but yes. Uh, so since this is, hmm? Hello? Oh, I thought someone said something.
3: I was going to say, and along the way, we will learn how the collectivity of the internet learned how to shit their pants for a girl in a box. (laughs) Eat your heart out, girl from Outlaw Star. Eat your heart out.
1: (laughs) Uh, Fun times. So, since this episode is definitely going to be really long because we have a lot of characters to go through, let's start ourselves off with our ADR director and our scriptwriter. Uh so directing this thing, we have Steve Staley, uh is known for plenty of things, uh but most recently you might have seen his work directing The Promised Neverland, also on Toonami. Uh and script writing, uh we have two people doing script writing. The first ten episodes were done by Kyle McCarley, who's done stuff like Carolyn Tuesday. And the back half was done by Lucian Dodge, who's done uh, a number of things, but uh, I know uh, he's done for one, Bungo Stray Dogs, which I know we have some fans on here of. Uh,
3: Megan Megan looks up from eating her Popeye. Look,
1: I I have seen the bit of Bungo you show me. It looks very entertaining. Also, I'm on
3: Bungo Stray Dogs is another show that is exactly up your alley of weird shit. It's it's I was I was
1: I was looking up casts at one point. It's like, hmm, some version of John Steinbeck is in this. I'm curious now. He has
3: a he has a giant floating whale airship. <laughs> also, uh, B there's a character who can only there's a character who is immune to bombs, but only if they're shaped like lemons.
1: Huh? That is so that is so beautiful. I love that. That is such You should wonderfully watch Boom Go straight
3: off. I'm on the show is literally tailor made for you.
1: So while uh, while I while I'm staring at the moon, thinking about how I should watch Boom Go at some point. Um who who would like to go first talking about our, our adaptive crew here?
2: I guess I'll go. Go right ahead. Okay, uh, so Steve Saley seems to be quickly becoming one of the hottest directors uh, for anime dubbing at BagZoom. And uh, the, his work on this show is a pretty good example of why. Uh, his work has been pretty consistent so far, and he definitely brings that same level of consistency to this dub. And everyone here sounds pretty well directed, and uh, pretty much every performance in this dub ranges from pretty solid to pretty strong. I didn't have any like particular issues with how anyone here sounded. I also appreciate that while he didn't do the casting for this dub, it has a pretty decent mix of fresh faces, folks who have been around for a while but weren't like necessarily household names, and a couple of veterans, so I definitely do, so I definitely like what actual casting director Mami Okada brought to the table here on that end. And I'm also glad that Anaplex opted to make this a union dub in particular, so we could get a couple of specific veterans who we'll talk about later, I guess. Uh, script-wise, everything here is definitely about as solid as the voice direction. Kyle McCarley and Lucian did a good job of adapting the source material mostly sticking to the sub-translation, but uh, not being afraid to punch up the dialogue every now and then for fight scenes or a couple of jokes. Uh, like, there was one bit during the Spider-Ark that I found pretty amusing when, like, Inosuke is fighting, like, the big Spider-Dead and, t- and he says something along the lines of I want your eyes over here, all of them. And I was like, okay, yeah, that's good.
3: Yeah. <laughs> I think that is by far the funniest one-liner in the show
0: yeah
2: <laughs> yeah um, so so yeah uh, it's pretty solid so far uh, it's not quite up there with my recent favorite 200 dubs but it's definitely very strong and it's probably many weird and annoying complaints I was seeing circulating around the internet when this dub was first announced I can safely say that they were very unwarranted and we got a pretty good
1: product yeah uh, who wants to go next?
0: I guess I'll go. Go ahead. Uh with the ADR staff they were pretty much very solid. I I haven't watched much of Steve Stanley's work other than a couple episodes of the Promise Devil that, but for what I've seen oh I forgot Kakaguru. But other than that I haven't really seen much of his work, but he does a pretty solid job with what he's given and he's a director I really want to see more of as a more and more LA more boy more animes be dubbed out of LA. Uh Carl and Lucian, I'm not really familiar with them in script writing, but they did a pretty good job. I did have a couple of nitpicks. Uh well when we get to a certain character, but one of them I thought was a typo until I realized something. But when we get to a certain character later on I'll explain. But other than that I think they did a very good job for the most part. Nothing really fell out of place so I'm good. Alright.
3: Megan? I'll stop I'll stop eating for, like, five seconds, because I'm, I'm I'm starving. I, I didn't get to eat before we recorded, because I, I was oh, asleep. No. I was pulling a Nezuko, and I was just passed out. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, this dub is really good, but this dub is not, like, okay, I like this dub a lot. I like it enough to have both of the limited edition sets pre-ordered for this show, <laughs> which is saying something, because we'll get to that in Final Thoughts. Um, however, there this is I have the same problem with it that I had with the Promised Neverland dub, which is that it's very good, it's very solid, it's great, but it just doesn't wow me. Like, it it's just very much, okay, everyone's kinda doing their thing. There's maybe one really standout performance in this, but we'll get to that because that character is the entire reason I stopped watching the show in the sub. Like, I actively will not watch the show in Japanese anymore. Uh, not to say that the dub, oh, dub is better than sub. It's like no, there's this one specific performance in the subtitle version that drives me up a fucking wall. Um, and and and, and, and but I hear the the sub purists clutching their pearls. But but Japanese voice actors don't do bad performances. It's like it's not a bad. Perf- <laughs> their pearls are clutched. They're 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 hunched over like a bunch of Karens crying out in front of a Kroger's. Um, I, I just. It's something with Steve Staley's dubs and I think some California dubs in, in general is that sometimes they just feel a little too sterile. Yeah. They just feel a little too sterile. And and you know what? That's fine. It's a solid dub. It's doing its job. It's just... I I kind of like it when stuff isn't like one... I, I don't like things going like so far out of left field, but like a little bit of vocal variety. Because there are some casting like choices in here. I was like, Yup, yep, that's that character because that's what they would sound like in the Japanese. Okay, yeah, they got this because this is a similar performance to the Japanese. Which I guess is fine and good and all, but sometimes it's just like... I don't want that actor to have to replicate the sub's performance. I want them to perform in their own way and interpret the character through their acting... To make it their own performance. And sometimes when it feels a little too close to the sub it's a little bit distracting in a sense because it's just like okay you you want to you want a vocal match so that you don't piss off these people who are like well well dubs are bad because because they don't sound like the sub and, and 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 this actor sucks because of that and i'll also agree with jet like there's a lot of unfounded unfair assumptions that were made off a trailer that had maybe like 5 seconds of an actor's performance in it um like highly unfair and the whole like oh well they this actor's in way too many things and that sucks and English actors use the same five fucking people it's like literally I could pull up like Yusuke I think I think it's the guy who plays Senku in the sub. I think his name is Yusuke Kobayashi. Yeah. Uh mm-hmm. I could pull up like any of his work from last year where he was doing like five different characters in summer of twenty twenty nineteen alone. So shut up yeah. Um, the sub does the exact same thing you're just using your your preference to justify bad facts um, I think the writing on this is, is really good I, I'm not as familiar with uh, Kyle McCarley as a writer I'm a lot more familiar with Lucian Dodge as a writer and I genuinely love anything that Lucian Dodge writes uh, I think the dialogue was pretty good um, there's maybe a couple times where it felt a little stilted but honestly like You could do a lot worse than being, like, super literal to the script. But overall, I genuinely do really like this dub. I don't think... I think it's a lot like Promise Neverland for me last year, where it's like, one performance really sticks out and could get a dubby from me, but the product as a whole, I don't think it's gonna get something from me.
1: Alright. Uh, I, 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 I really enjoy this. I think it's a good, solid dub. Um... Everyone, pretty much everyone feels like well-directed, I'll bring up a few instances where I thought stuff was maybe a little weak here and there, but that was usually kind of minor or felt very actor-specific, or even just like kind of time period within the show-specific. I thought, like, I was, I I agree, I was enjoying this a lot, I think the writing's very strong, I think it is um, punchy without feeling like it's taking huge liberties with the original text. Um, it just it feels very solid uh, you could yeah, I think you could tell that they probably either knew or guessed that this might get itself on TV or some major streaming platform or something and I think they they put in the care of like no We should we should make sure that like this is gonna have eyeballs on it. We should put out a, a Good solid English language track. I enjoyed it a lot. I think this is a, if nothing else like Do you want to watch this show in a way where you can just you don't have to worry about subtitles so you can look at all that beautiful Ufotable footage Great, this devil be do, do, do a wonderful job doing that. You'll enjoy it. You can it. also
3: see Ufotable's really awkward sometimes CGI to 2D uh, <laughs> on there. Because there are some awkward as fuck CGI moments. Uh, looking at you, little brother spider. Looking <laughs> at you, you fucking eldritch abomination.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, there's also just a couple of awkward scenes of times walking through the snow and they're like, you didn't really need to use CG there, guys.
3: Okay, do you want to know the one that actually bothered me the most? Oh, yeah. Okay, so it's after Zenitsu fights the little brother spider, and he's laying on the the shack that's held up by the y- by the threads. Yeah. Right before Shinobu finds him, so his body, the breathing animation on him, was clearly CG. <laughs> what? And it bothered the shit out of me. Like it looked like a, a YouTube poop CG model that was breathing. And then it cut to Shinobu, who was very clearly like 2D animated. It literally looked like somebody was in VR chat and dying.
1: There,
3: there are there are
1: days when I just want to be a fly on the wall when certain creative decisions are made. Just, I'm just, was it budgetary? Was it time? Who, why, who, and why? That's all I want to know.
3: Was it this Pablo Escobar level of cocaine?
1: <laughs> was it guilt about tax fraud? Come on. Be honest. Fuck!
3: I forgot about that.
1: I didn't. <laughs> Sorry, I am the bo- we, we I'm- like you we want. we like your work, but you shouldn't fuck with the Japanese IRS. <laughs> I can't imagine they're any nicer than the American IRS. Oh. Anyways. I can't yeah. believe they're
3: like I can't believe they're following after Japanese icon Yoshi and fucking with their taxes.
1: Oh, um, yeah, I, I really enjoyed this stuff. I thought it was really well solid and really well put together. It was good stuff. Uh, so let us let us now dig into just just a, a truly, a truly unfortunate number of characters we're going to talk about all at once. I'm sorry, Editor, who might be me, for having to cram this many people on screen. But we're going to talk about a bunch of the Demon Slayer Corps. Uh, because they are important, uh, but about 75% of them basically only show up in the last like four or five episodes. Uh, and they don't talk that much, so we're just gonna kind of lump them all together. Let me, let me, let me get up my notes so I can remember who the fuck all these people are.
3: At least three of them are himbos.
1: Unquestionably.
3: At least three of them are himbos.
1: All right. Uh, first up, we have Kage Kageyua... Yubayashiki. Yubiyashiki. He's in charge of the he's in charge of the Demon Slayer Corps. He's this uh, big blind guy who gives some soft proclamations and. Uh, everybody listens to him, even though he mostly just seems to sit around the palatial home doing who knows what. I'm sure. Well, I'm sure if I'd read farther in the manga, I'd know now, but I haven't. Uh, so that's him. Uh, we have Gyo Tom- Tomiyoka. Uh, he's one of the G- slayer Slayers. Hmm? Gyu has no friends. He does not have any friends. Uh, he is the guy who uh, helps uh, save Nezuko early earlier in the show, and he shows up again. He does not seem to get along with anyone in particular. <laughs> Poor bastard. Uh, we have um, uh, Shinobu Kocho. Uh, are you someone who likes gr- women who will step on you? Oh, congratulations! I found your favorite character. <clears throat> um, no, do you, you wants... also
3: like Do you also like bugs? <laughs> do you also have a doctor fetish?
1: <laughs> this, this is also accurate. Uh, she, she's quote fun unquote. Uh, we have uh Kyojuro Rengoku. Uh, his hair looks like it's on fire because he's a fire guy. That's
0: fire. what he does. Uh, mm, mm,
1: exactly. Mm, 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 mm. I've also uh,
3: been told that he likes to ride the train.
1: Yes, he he plays a very important part of the train movie that's coming out later this year. So, you know, keep your eyes peeled for that. Going
2: keep your eyes keep,
1: keep your eyes peeled for this train. bad boy when you're watching that. He might make a notable appearance. Uh Going
2: after the
4: on the moving train.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Jamal. You're welcome. Uh, we have a uh, Mitsuri kan- kan- Kanroji. Uh She has green and pink hair. She's very nervous. She's easily wowed by people. It's she adorable. also
3: wants she also <laughs> wants to fuck like half the demon player corps. <laughs> I mean, look. I mean, I mean, look at them. They're all very pretty. I mean, she's got kind of thirst
0: for pretty much everyone if you think about it.
1: <laughs> oh uh who do we have we have uh I- igoro obanai uh who's this creepy head creepy dude with heterochromia his eyes are two different colors uh his his powers are snake based because of course they are look at him uh we have uh sanime oh boy sanime Shinazugawa. there you go uh he's very loud he's exceptionally loud he might be the second loudest character in the show uh, he has a bit of a hate voter against Nezuko because Nezuko is a demon, and he tries to make an example of her. It doesn't really go the way he's planned, so you know, uh, and indirectly leads to the best shot of Nezuko in the show, where she's just sitting in her little box, angry. Don't touch my fuming. shit, bitch! <laughs> just fuming at him from 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 her box. It's great. Uh, we have Gyomei Himejima. Uh, he cries a lot. He's a he's a real weeper.
0: Just weep, 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 weep.
1: Uh, we have uh, Tengen Uzu,
0: Uzu?
1: Uzu. Uzu. Thank you, Uzu-i. Uh He has tattoos on his face. I I will note here. I would technically classify him as a wife guy. This will not make sense until season two unless you read ahead in the manga. So put a pin in that one for later, and you can have a we can all have a good hearty <laughs> chuckle in like a year or two.
0: So would you say he's a waifu then?
1: No, he's a wife guy. There's a difference. Okay. Uh, we have. Uh, Michiro uh, Toki- Tokito. Uh, he's kind of a space case, if memory serves. He's just sort of—he's
4: mm-hmm.
1: mm-hmm. not paying attention. Uh, and we also, we also, we have a Genyo uh, Shinazugawa. Uh, he's another guy who has uh, joined the Demon Slayer Corps around the same time as Tanjiro and Nezuko.
0: Oh shit!
1: Uh, he's angry looking. He hasn't shown up much. He will probably be important <laughs> later. He has an undercut. <laughs> That's how you know it's him. He has an undercut. That's how he you does. know. He does. True. Look, I I am I am very bad at names, so a lot of times the only way I'll remember characters is what they look like.
0: In, I just realized season. something about those names too.
1: What?
3: We're gonna save that for later. Okay. Oh. That's kind of a spoiler.
1: Oh, I see. Anyways, uh, we also have uh, uh, a uh, Kano uh, Tsuyuri. Uh, she is sort of a uh, uh, sort of a semi lackey for our uh, Kocho. Uh, he's very quiet. She, uh, she's... She's anime Two-Face, basically.
3: It's why would you boring. say that? What Because it's correct, with... that's why. You're correct, but just because you're correct...
0: <laughs> no, just because you're right does not mean you could. Actually, no, you're still wrong either way!
2: <laughs> uh, that's right, That's right. That's yeah, you're... Yeah, you're so very wrong. Actual anime Two-Face is a character from a the land that has not shown up in the anime and probably won't for a very long time. <laughs>
1: look there look there there is a baseless one note similarity between these two characters and i'm gonna make that observation no matter how wrong-headed it is as is my right as a nerd on the internet
3: damn i can't that's
1: flawless logic fuck (laughs) huzzah Uh, let me just put on my clown shoes (laughs) anyways uh and finally we have uh oi uh uh Uza, she basically works in this training hall that our our protagonists get sent to have to get the shit beat out of them so they can uh, recover and have their limbs grow back to the correct size uh she's very stern but she's a nice lady in the end <sighs> Whew. All how, you right. doing,
3: Kabo- how you doing how you doing
1: none of the other sections will be this long thank god yeah <laughs> anyways uh jet would you like to go first again would you like uh, to announce uh, soon? Wait, wait,
2: did you actually say who's <laughs> Wait, that's right. There's oh, another hat to has gone.
1: I was so excited <laughs> to be done. I forgot that I wasn't finished.
3: Shut <laughs> the fuck up, you all can. Y'all fucking y'all fuckers on YouTube can read. <laughs> There's <laughs> pictures. We out. I, I, I mean, I mean, if it would help, I could
2: like list off. It. I could, like. List no, no, I
1: have it. I have it here. I can be very quick about it. Uh, you gotta list off the actors uh, first. So. Exactly. Ubuyashika is played by Matthew Mercer, who you know for playing uh, Jotaro Kujo and Jojos, among other things. Uh, Gyu is played by Johnny Young Bosch, who you know for playing Leo and Premiere among other things. Uh, Shinobu Kocho is played by Erica Harlacher. Uh, you know her for lots of stuff. Recently, she played Elves and Beastars. Uh, Kyojuro is played by Mark Witten, who you might know for playing uh, Tsurumaru uh, Kinaga. Kunihaga? Kinaga. Kuri- Thank you. Yeah. Super Mario, just say
3: Super Mario. You're good. So,
1: so, Super Mario in uh, Katsugeki Token Rambu. Uh, Mitsuri Kanroji is played by Kira Buckland. Uh, Igoru Obanai is played by Eric Scott Kimir. Kimir? Kimir. Kimir. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, uh, Sanime Shinazugawa is played by Kaiji Tang. Uh, Gyome Himejima is played by Kristen Freeman. Tengen Uzi. Uzi Uzi, Uzi, is played by Ray Chase. Uh, Michiro to- uh, Tokito is played by Griffin Burns. Genya Shunizugawa is played by Zeno Robinson. Kanao Tsuyuri is played by Brianna Nickenbacher, Niken- And Oi Kanzak is played by Reba Burr. <laughs>
3: oh, you I, did it! Yay. All I know is that when you said that uh, Michiro was Griffin Burns, all I could think is Moshi Moshi Michiro Das.
1: <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no.
3: I will never not I will never stop doing that for any Griffin Burns character because he is uh dopio and uh Jojo's part five. Oh. If you're watching this on YouTube, hopefully the image for Griffin Burns is him with the fucking frog photoshopped to his face. It will. Don't you worry. <laughs> God bless your heart. Uh, uh
1: Jet, now would you like to go?
2: Um, <laughs> sure, um, i sure I will be quick with like most of these. Um Rainbow Bird did a Raven Bird did a really good job. It's well, it's Raven Bird. She's pretty much always good at things. I thought she did a, I she did a very good job of making her seem, uh, seem very stern towards Sanjiro and the others. I got a, I got a few good chuckles out of that, but uh, she didn't leave too too much of an impression on me outside of that. Uh, but I did like the character, so if she does show up later on, uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing more of her. Uh, let's see, uh, Matt Mer- uh, Matt Mercer as the, uh, blind leader guy, he's, as I uh he, again, it's, again, it's Matt Mercer, he's pretty much always good, and I definitely enjoyed him here. It's a lot, uh, it's a lot softer than a lot of the work he usually tends to do, but he's definitely done that sort of thing before. I thought he did a very good job of just giving this, like, very kind of serene tone to him where... Uh, where, he, uh, where he sounds where he sounds very polite, but also in, in a polite but firm kind of way where you can also kind of tell why everyone has so much respect for him. Uh, there's definitely a lot of mystery surrounding this guy that I imagine we won't learn for quite a while, but I'm definitely very intrigued, and Matt's doing a pretty good job of him so far. Uh, so, uh, going down some of the other uh, Kizuki... Uh, sorry, uh Red Reng- uh, Goku, he has a lot of he has a flaming head of hair, he is very loud. Uh Mark w- and Mark Witten is very loud. Uh, I will admit I'm only really familiar with Mark Witten, uh like for a fire emblem specifically.
3: Fuck the Pope! Fuck that POPE Oh wait, shit, that's Jeremy. Uh, fuck the Pope's assistant. <laughs> fuck the Pope's assistant. Uh, no, that, no, that, no, that, no, he, no, that, oh, no that, he's an actual DILF! You can get the daddy credit.
2: Uh, no, so, uh, uh, I mean, okay, I mean that's true, but like, I mean that's true, but like, Seth if is like, a pretty decent guy on like actually pretty much every route.
3: Just, I'm just saying, have sex with Seth. This, what's the worst that could happen?
2: I, uh, okay, I mean, considering what he actually is, I don't know how comfortable that would be.
3: <laughs> I'm down.
2: <laughs> you, okay, you? Um, uh, okay uh, but anyway, I thought Mark re- did a really good job. It's uh, definitely a lot higher pitched uh, compared to how he played set up in Fire Emblem, but it sounded pretty good, and I'm definitely down for hearing a bit more stuff, so bring it on. Uh, Kira Buckland as uh, Matri the uh, Kira Buckland's played very sweet characters before, so this isn't anything too new for her. But I thought she did a pretty good, jo- pretty good job of making her sound like very weirdly thirsty, even in a very sweet way. Uh, but uh, I mean, wish I had a little more to say, but she only had like maybe five lines, so uh, yeah. Uh, kind of a similar deal with uh, Eric Scott Keber as like heterochromatic angry snake guy. Uh, he was uh he was definitely he was definitely very snarky and it uh, was a little like raspier than a lot of than some of Eric's other roles, which I thought was kind of interesting. And, so, uh, and, so, uh, and I and I did kind of appreciate him as like a voice of descent. Where he de- where he is definitely like the most skeptical. Uh, so, uh, so, and, I Eric did a, and I thought Eric did a pretty good job of playing that up, that was like that was kind of interesting, even if, even if I did kind of want to see that character get busted in the face after a while. Uh, so, uh, Chris, uh, Crispin Freeman, it is always nice to hear Crispin Freeman and do things because he's uh, because he's rarely a TV anime these days, which is very unfortunate. Uh, but it's uh, nice to see him here, I wish he had a little more to do than just, like, cry very loudly, but uh, that was kind of amusing. Um hopefully the character gets more to do soon. As I uh Ray Chase as second, I did as I it's always kind of nice to hear Ray Chase and things. I thought he I thought he did a good job of making his character sound fairly amusing for like the three or four lines he had where he apparently wants everything to be very dramatic, which is uh, a bit of a weird quirk, but I guess uh, I guess we'll learn more about that eventually. Again, I wish I had more to say about a lot of these characters, but they are kind of literally like maybe five or six lines and then like nothing else. Uh, Griffin Burns as uh, Mochiro, he kind of has the least lines out of everyone in this section, <laughs> probably. <laughs> uh, but he did, did, but he did do a very good job of sounding kind of spacey. Like I don't want to be like I don't want to be here. Like ooh, I want to be here. Like ooh, flag saucer. So I thought I thought that was uh, kind of amusing. Uh, the so, uh, Robinson, Dana Robinson as Genya. Uh, we only re- uh, he only really has any lines in like the, in like an episode four or five after final selection. Uh, but it's always but it's but uh, Robinson is uh, definitely uh, getting up there, and I'm always glad to hear him do things. And I thought he did a good job of making Ganya seem very I don't I don't wanna see I don't wanna say like super angry, but definitely like very rougher on the edges. And uh, I'm definitely very intrigued to learn more about his character, so I'm uh, definitely glad he's going to be more relevant later on and I'm curious to see what else he gets to do there. Uh on this, on that note, let's talk about the angriest character in this section. K Z Tag as uh Sameme here because uh, that dude definitely has some issues. Uh,
1: Absolutely furious all the time. <laughs>
2: uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, yeah, I mean, if you're gonna tell from like the, if you're gonna tell from like the white hair, like big angry eyes, and like scars across his face, this is like, clearly, uh, this is clearly a very not nice person. <laughs>
3: He's very well adjusted, I can tell.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when he finds, yeah, so when he finds, he out that, massacre, he he, he takes it very well. He, uh, you know, as you do, he uh, he uh, he, uh, he, cu- he cuts he cuts he cuts himself, rips open her box, and he's like, "Here, you know, you want it? Eat my blood." Here, take this. <laughs> yeah.
3: yeah, yeah and I <laughs> oh man, see, this reboot of My Hero Academia is wild. <laughs> Yeah. Oh
1: yeah. no! Is this a, is this the, is this the Taisho era AU everyone's been talking about? Oh dear! <laughs> yeah, he does remind
0: me of Bakugo. So
1: it'll be the uh, it'll be the, uh, it'll be the uh, end credits animation for the next season. A,
2: uh, yeah, but, uh, he, uh, uh, he, def- he definitely does have the, He definitely does have a very similarly angry attitude. Uh, he definitely he definitely does have a lot of respect towards the master, if kind of aggressively, But he is also definitely very much not afraid to get his way, which is why it is very satisfying when Tanjiro tries to headbutt him. And it definitely definitely, definitely leads into what is probably one of the better jokes for the back half of the dub, where, like, after Tanjiro gets dragged off, he, like, immediately runs back, and he's like, no, I have to headbutt him again. (laughs) I have work
3: here.
1: There's work to be done, thank you. Tanjiro is a nice boy, but when he sets his mind
3: on something, he's gonna get it done.
0: Yeah, sets his mind on something alright. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
3: Didn't you know that Tantoro's uh that this Pokemon Tantaros best attack is Headbutt? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh
2: okay, um Bruna Brian Knickerbocker as a uh, Kano. Uh Brian Knickerbocker uh, isn't like a su- is it a super big name for how long she's been around, but uh, But I always like hearing her do things, and I thought she did a very good job here. Uh, Kano doesn't have a whole lot to say, but not because she's not in the show that much. That's just, like, literally the character, because, uh, as we see with her backstory, she definitely has a lot of reasons to not be very talkative. (laughs) Uh, and, uh, And while I do have, like, some issues with how the show handles flashbacks, I didn't think hers in particular was pretty well done. And uh, we got a pretty good sense of, like, what her character is, why she doesn't like to talk that much, as I and how she kind of, like, struggles with making decisions on her own, and I thought that was all handled really well. And I think that uh, Brienne did a pretty good job of, like, uh, making that all come across in her actual performance. And where she and where, and where she does seem, like, kind of emotionally stunted, she's uh, she has a very kind of robotic tone to her, where she's clearly just very used to uh, following orders, doing things very directly uh, so uh, so when she uh, so when she kind of wrote into to tajiro like oh yeah you should just do what you want it's like wait what
3: does not compute <laughs> yeah um, so
2: i thought yeah i thought that whole thing was pretty cute and i'm uh, definitely very curious to see where that goes and i'm definitely enjoying the performance so far uh but i probably have the most to say about giyu and shinobu because they're probably the most relevant characters of the section and, uh, I don't know, let me pull my notes back up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, um, uh, so, so with Gyu, uh, time is relative. Johnny and Bosch is pretty much eternal. There was, like, a very small period of time where it seemed like he wasn't getting quite as much work as he used to. Uh, but he's definitely made a pretty strong resurgence in the last couple of years, so seeing him in a show as big as this was probably inevitable. Uh, if that sounds condescending in any way, it's because, I mean, there isn't too much else I can say here. I mean, it's it's like, boss, people. Has he ever turned in a bad performance? Has he? I mean, I mean there's only so much I can actually critique. I mean, uh, but bad jokes aside, I can definitely say that uh, Johnny's Giyu does actually sound a little different than what uh, Takahiro Sakurai was doing in Japanese because it's, well, it's Takahiro Sakurai. And, it was, and um, Johnny's voice was definitely, like, a little softer, but it definitely still works. I thought that Johnny did a really good job of making Giyu some come off as, you know, very wise and seasoned, which makes his initial reaction to Tajiro's dumb antics pretty really understandable, since he's kind of standing there wondering what the heck this kid is doing. Uh, but at the same time, while he is kind of and so serious, he's not, like, totally unreasonable. And when he sees that Nezuko isn't dangerous, he's willing to both vouch for her and give Tajiro a very brief lesson on how to defend himself, which he... He didn't really have to do all that, so it shows he's a pretty decent guy. And uh, it definitely makes a lot of his dynamic with, her- uh, with Erica Hollinger you Shinobu pretty funny. And definitely got a couple of good laughs watching his stoic attitude playing off of her, like, very blunt politeness. And uh, I wish I had a little more to say about this one, but like a lot of the casting he doesn't have a whole ton to do this season. But Johnny definitely worked pretty well with what he had. Uh, but with that, let's move on to the real start of such section, that being Erika Harlicker as Shinobu. I didn't know who was going to end up playing Shinobu, but in hindsight, Erika Harlacher seems like a pretty smart choice, and she does a pretty good job here. Uh, her Shinobu reminds me a lot of how she played Yubiko Jumami from Kakagurui, in that her general tone sounds very sweet and nice, but there's just something a little sinister about it that makes all of it feel very insin- insincere. And that definitely really works for Shinobu. And while it might seem like she's acting very friendly and polite a lot of the time, she's also not afraid to be very blunt when she wants to be. And, like, when she's just telling you to his face I no one else really likes him. And I thought that whole bit was pretty funny. And, uh, and uh, she can also be pretty cold, like, when one of these spiders is asking her for help, she agrees, only under the condition that the spider suffers... The same level of pain as every person he's ever killed, which is uh, pretty ruthless, honestly. A lot. <laughs> it's a lot. Yes, yeah, it's fucking really a lot. Uh, <laughs> yeah, at the same time, though, that sweet sense of sincerity doesn't make it doesn't make things too surprising when it turns out the whole persona she gives off is just kind of a mask. And uh, even though she talks about preferring demons, she has about as much hatred towards them as the other Slayers do. And she can't really understand how anyone else could think doing such a thing is possible. Uh, but she does respect that her sister tried to do it, and so she kind of carries on those beliefs even if she doesn't actually feel them herself. And when Shinobu actually does open up the Taisin' Row a little bit, Erica's overall tone sounds a lot warmer and more sincere. And I really liked that there was like a very not- noticeable difference with that. And i also like that uh, when we do get like the brief flashback with her younger self and kind of his backstory, Erika and Shinobu sounds a lot more emotional and down to earth compared to how she now. And uh, it definitely helps to better sell the idea that most of what he's doing currently just, like, an act he's putting on. And, again, while I'm not, like, super sure where this character is going to end up going, I definitely like her so far. And so far. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing there. Uh, and uh, probably as far as the ladies of this show go, I think it's probably my favorite
1: performance. And I'm done. Yeah. Uh, Jamal, do you want to go next?
0: Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I don't watch a lot of LA dub, so you're going to find some comparisons here and there. Uh, Kanao, Kanao, Uh I said this before in the Kanao the Super episode that she kind of has like notes of Jade Saxton to her voice. But I do think out of all the ensemble cast, she's kind of one of the weaker ones. Not, not necessarily bad performance, it's just that at first I thought it sounded a little robotic, but on my second rewatch, it's because it's kind of whispery because she gives off a worry tone when she doesn't look it. And because the character doesn't talk as much as... A matter of fact, when you get into her flashback and she starts narrating, it, didn't seem quite right to me. Not only that, but it didn't really fit a character design because I tried to find for context how old this character was, but... The character kind of looks 12 to me, to be honest, but... The voice will... I guess the voice will work tra- when she's being more mature than she needs to be, so... Uh... Within birds is Tokito... Yeah, he doesn't talk much, doesn't say a lot, but I am starting to pick up on his voice now, thanks to another show he said, but that's another day. Uh, let's see, who's next? Uh, I guess you could do uh, Ari Kanzaki. Uh, remember, remember, I realize I I, I haven't listened to a lot of stuff she said, I haven't seen uh, Gun Gale online, but I do realize that uh, in comparison, she has a voice tone similar to Alex Moore to which it, kinda, it really kind of shows her attitude towards Tanjiro and the others, and I thought that came off very playful and very charming. Uh, Ray Chase's Uzzui, I'm going to be honest, I, did, I didn't I re- re- remember it was Ray Chase, because I, I saw the character on the screen, I was like, Hey, KJ-Tank, how you doing? Or, <laughs> <laughs> again, you can tell...
3: Close enough. Yeah,
0: exactly, thank you. But he did okay for what it was worth. Uh... Crispin Freeman, well, first off, holy shit, I'm talking about Crispin Freeman. Uh, Second of all, holy shit, I'm talking about Crispin Freeman. But... (laughs) Is he in your bedroom? (laughs) Uh, No. (laughs) But yeah, it's easy to pick out his voice in any crowd, even if he's played a character whose design kind of looks like it came out of Assassination Classroom. But he was very somber at his temper. and it was very neat for a guy who Weeps a lot. Uh, I don't get what his deal is yet. But I can't wait to find out. X uh, Scott Kimberer. Yeah. He, I can recognize X Scott Kimberer almost instantly now. But his tone is. It fits the character. Especially when he's kind of a bit slithery. I'm not saying that because he has a snake on his head. Uh, Kill Buckland. Kill Buckland. I normally know it's like this soft-spoken kind of character like maybe sometimes add to or so but seeing her seeing her display this kind of thirst for crew members I guess which makes sense because in my head I've been calling this character watermelon girl I mean come on come on pink and, gr- <laughs> pink and green tell me you didn't think of watermelons which is funny because before it was even as I said to myself please let this be care Buckley because I could see him doing this kind of easily and like, yeah, she's been able to do this kind of easily. Very easily, actually. Uh, Jai Young is Giyu. I'm gonna be honest, much like, uh, Kill Buckley, I kind of saw this coming because it just looked like a Jai Young Bosch character to me. What can I say? He does a very good job of voice giving. And like you say, he's never put off a bad performance as far as I can remember, but. Uh, Mark Witten is, uh, Rengoku. Yeah, Mark Whitten re- displays a very gung-ho attitude with this character. To the point I almost thought this character was kind of cock because every time you see him speak on screen, he's not really looking away particularly. He's just got, like, those dead-set eyes on you.
3: <laughs> Rengoku's a weird-looking motherfucker. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> it's the eyebrows, man. It's the fucking eyebrows. I haven't seen things that bushy since Fully Cooly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, yes I remember now. Uh, uh oh god, that was a trip. And Matt, Matt Mercer is the bastard of the mansion. It's amazing for a guy who looks like he had hot water spilled on his face. He did, he did very good with this character. Like I don't get to talk about Matt Mercer much, but he did pretty good, you know. I didn't even recognize him at first, and I see his name in the credits. I was like, "Wait, he was in this episode?" Wasn't until the late episodes I realized he was the master of the mansion. It makes perfect sense now. But uh, of course, as Jet pointed out, Oh, wait, hold on. Before we get to her, uh, Zeno Robinson is Ganya from the final selection episode. He did, he did very good. With, he did very good for what little he spoke, and you know, he he kind of went hard on the character because you know he, he was very temperamental. Much so to the point when you see him in a later episode, which I didn't realize until Tanjiro pointed it out. I was like, oh, okay, that was you. But, you know, I can't wait to see what he does next with the character. But, of course, the star of the section is Erika Haraka and Shinobu Kocho. Which, yeah, it's a good thing you pointed out Kakigurui, because I can see the uh, sarcasm she takes with her toe, you know. She comes off as cheerful but you know just that underlying sense of dread at times. Which is odd because there was also the flashback scene with Kanao and you could see her being angry with her sister and it, it, it didn't make any sense at first but I could see what she kind of adopted that nature from but but yeah man when she, she could be that's nice what she wants to be but she's also deadly so don't let the look fool you. It's kind of funny she's the I guess the pharmacist of this anime. Whether you play the character who has eyes but as wide as, like, if you were a cocaine user. But...
3: Now, now, back in that day, it would probably be, uh, opium.
0: Yeah, definitely opium.
2: Well, <laughs> opium uh, or uh, coca
0: uh, leaves, you know? Uh, I,
2: am, I am, she is, she is definitely dabbed at opium at least once.
3: <laughs> Are we gonna make the alignment chart of, like, uh, has done weed, has done weed once and lied about it, would never touch weed is the dealer. <laughs> my favorite one of those lists is uh somebody who did it for um, Horse Girl, who would be the Horse Girl in Fire Emblem Three Houses. I saw, saw that one. one. That is my fucking favorite one. Next to uh, also the video of um, uh, it's a TikTok, it's like POV the, the horse, the drunk Horse Girl at the party <laughs> decides <laughs> to defend you. <laughs> it's like, by the power of Clan, <laughs> And they, like, stop their foot and go running after a guy? It's, like, the funniest fucking video. Sorry, Jamal, go ahead.
0: Yeah, it's okay. I'm pretty much tapped out.
3: Alright, I guess I'll go. Um, let's start with the characters uh, who talk the least. Moshimoshio To- Okay, every time you guys keep talking about, uh, Tokito, I think you're saying Takitos? <laughs> So now I just want to call him Taquito. Moshi, moshi moshi, Taquitos, Jess. <laughs> Someone just got up and left. Someone's like, I can't, I can't work under these conditions.
1: <laughs> You've driven away the host. I hope you're proud of yourself.
3: Do you? Are you going to get a taquito? No,
1: I unplugged my headphones by accident. So bumped the desk, putting it back in.
0: Oh, okay. okay. <laughs>
3: No, uh, I like Griffin Burns and things. Griffin Burns is a great actor, so I'm really, uh, encouraged to see what this character is gonna do later on. I thought his little, like, oh look, a cloud, was really adorable because that character's really adorable. Uh, Ray Chase is not the best mom ever, Bruno, uh, Bruno, in this show. Uh, he does a good job being smug and big. I could've seen it being Keiji Tang if they would've, um, switched them around. Uh, Eric Scott Kimmer. I like Eric Scott Kimmer. I wish Eric Scott Kimmer was in More Things I Watched. Um, I, I loved him to death in July in April, so I'm looking forward to him as, uh, Mr. Sneaky Snack. Uh, in this. And I thought Kira Bucklin as Mitsuru- uh, Mitsuri was really cute. Um, who haven't I talked about yet? Uh, it's always nice to hear Crispin Freeman in things, so I'm enjoying Crispin Freeman crying in your courtyard. Uh, he's a lot of fun. Uh, sadly, no Yuri Lowenthal to tell him to get out.
2: Uh, I mean, okay, there's, uh, there's plenty of time. This is the Union, though. They might tweet him in there somewhere.
3: Listen here, if you could just put Ray Chase, not Ray Chase, Crispin Freeman, and uh, Yuri Lowenthal into something again where they get to yell at each other, I'll be a happy person. Also, be if I can just always reference the Noeen bloopers and the DuRaRa bloopers, it's a good night. Um where am i um uh, shitface Mick attacks uh shitface Mick attacks nezuko uh i really enjoyed getting to hear uh crazy KG. i thought he was great uh i was very threatened by him but not turned on because he's a bad person who would hurt a child um sorry i like i like bad boys sometimes not that bad boy the only <laughs> thing he deserves to be he deserves to get his head kicked by his head butted by Tantro. And his other kick and his other head kicked by Nezko. Oh,
0: um, no, Ki- oh, oh.
3: Netsuko's Pokemon move is Mega Kick. <laughs>
0: um
3: No, but I really, really like KG Tang, and I really like Zenna Robinson as Genya for what we heard of him. Uh, they sound Genya does sound younger than uh Sun uh Sun Sun which is really good, and I do like how Tanjiro just, like, fucking breaks his arm at one point for being an asshole to children. Yeah. Man, what an oddly, coinc- oddly coincidental shared trait they have. I thought Ganyu
0: was gonna get, uh, get kicked out after in Final Selection after that.
3: Yeah, you just don't go grabbing the grabbing the teacher, man. What the hell? Uh, but no, as somebody who this is the first time I got to talk about Zeno, I was genuinely impressed with him and I've genuinely been impressed with uh, what I've heard him in and other things this year, um... Kanao, Brianna Knickerbocker. Um, she was cute. She was quiet. Um, unfortunately, like, I think she did sound robotic, but I think that that's part of that character, and I'm okay seeing where it goes from there. Uh, Reba Burr is Aoi Kanzaki. Aoi Kanzaki is the best character in the show. Um, <laughs> Aoi Kanzaki is actual best girl. Fuck off and fight me. Um, I love her. I love Reba's performance. Reba is somebody who's been growing on my radar um, and I, I've liked what I've heard her in and other things, because I, I think I've gotten the chance to, to listen to her be and other stuff. Um, and I know that she is somewhere in the Madoka spinoff, which I think we actually have to talk about setting up a day to record that soon, because that's done. Mm. Um, alright, let's talk Let's talk about Fire Eyebrows, because I don't think I've talked about him yet. Um, hi, Mark. Uh, I gotta get used to you in, as not Dragon Pope assistant, man. I'm sorry, Seth is really attractive. Um, and his voice and his vocal performance helps. But I wasn't super sold on him as Rengoku. Um, I'm actually a little worried about him. I think he sounds a little too raw. I think that he's not able to balance having a good performance and being uh, overtly loud that well yet. Um, and, and that's not because Mark's a bad actor. I think it's also... Genuinely not fair to him that his character hasn't actually gotten to do much, and um, I've been told the train arc can fit into a movie's length of time. Yeah,
1: yeah, they could. make that 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 is that is compact enough that you can easily make that like a ninety-minute, two-hour movie without too much trouble.
3: I'm just a little worried that we're not going to be able to see Mark um, get to adapt into it as you would, and the chance to have maybe that arc be like five or six episodes of a show. Uh, especially because movies have to constrict things for time. And like Jet said, this show has a really, really, really bad way of putting in flashbacks. That is actually like one of my biggest detriments to the show in terms of tonality and pacing. Uh, and I actually think that does affect a lot of the performances in the show, too, at points. There, there, the show expects me to know why certain actors are acting in a certain way, but it's going to give me that information after I've reached that point. So now it's asking me to... It's not a show that, like, on your first watch through, you can understand a lot of more nuance things in the performance. So I'm a little bit worried for Mark there, but again, I think he's doing okay, just not as good as I expected it to be. Um, Matthew Mercer! Uh, you guys have all seen the scary movie, the the scary movie where she's like, Beyonce, you know the the Beyonce meme. I don't think uh, so. No. You know what it is if I would send it to you. Um, but that's my entire point. Is when uh, Kaguya talked, it uh, both Andrew and I were just like Mercer. So hey, Matt. Um, what you do? What's up, buddy? Um, uh, I'm, I'm hoping you're like being kind of creepy, ominous, uh, blind man. Uh, I thought he was pretty good. Uh, again, not enough for the character to be there. I like the kind of general unnervingness that he gives. Uh, also, I like when Tanjiro is leaving the mansion and he just whispers, say hi to Tamayo for me. And Tanjiro's like, wait, what? Um, Tanjiro's like, wait, what? As he's going. Um, Shinobu. Uh, I actually was like, oh, it's Erica Harlecker. What a safe choice. Um, I felt like sometimes that she was a little bit too constricted to the Seiyu's performance. Uh, cause- Oh god, who the fuck did her in Japanese? I think it's Saori Hayami. Uh, Uh, Hayami. Yes, sorry, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, I liked it a lot. I really like when she gets to be more uh, giddy evil than, like, good. I love when she's, like- When she's, uh, talking to actual number one hero of Demon Slayer, Murata- As played by Koi Dao. When he comes out of the thing naked. And it's like, oh, I just gave her wisteria poisoning. Oh yeah, by the way, uh, all your clothes are gone, but your body's fine. Okay, bye! And he's just like, oh! And he just like shuffles away. Uh, I thought she was really good there. I thought her flashback stuff was really good, but then again, you would also want your older sister to be uh, Urias von Unsburne's voice. (laughs) I was like, oh, it's Ilius that's, that's, um... Uh,
0: Bridget Hoffman?
3: Not... Yes! I was like, it's Bridget Hoffman! I hear Bridget!
0: Ah, uh, okay.
3: Uh, it's Bridget, bitch! Um, and then, oh, you who has no friends. Uh, Johnny Young Bosch was pretty good in this. Uh, again, it's hard to, to find bad Johnny Bosch performances these days. Um, I think there was another performance he did last year that was a lot stronger. Hint, hint, were hint, hint, he's the king of the gays. Uh, in a certain film. Um, but no, I really liked it. I really like how kind of deadpan he is as Giyu. Because Giyu is just like okay. To like- he's like Saitama's okay face if he was an entire personality. Yeah, he's,
0: he's like <laughs> deadpan and derby because I still remember when Shinobu t- talks about like how he has no friends or so. And he ask, she asks what is he doing with his life. And Keep in mind, Giyu's got her in a headlock.
3: Oh, that's like my... That's like one of my favorite scenes is like... Giyu's got her in a headlock. Her heel has like a knife on it. And it's like aimed at his face. And the bird's like, come back to the mansion. And they're just holding each other like, well, this is fucking awkward. Um... So, yeah, it, it, I like Johnny a lot in this. I thought he was a lot of fun. I also like how Giyu is literally on the line for if Nezuko bites things, but I don't think that he's 100% okay with that. Because it's like, if Nezuko was to ever bite anyone, Tanjiro, uh, Urukodaki, and Giyu will all commit sepku, and he's like, well, this is my life.
0: <laughs> You've consigned yourself to this fate.
1: <sighs> I decided to just give them what they want. It's a bit easier this way.
3: Anyway, go ahead. I'm
1: done. Uh, where to start? Uh, uh, Mercer was really—I liked him as uh, Kaguya. He's commanding and a little unnerving because I don't know. I call it a hunch. I just don't think things are going to be as simple as they appear as the story goes on. I don't know. Something about the everything.
0: Well, he did. Well, he did call the Hashiras his children. So.
1: I mean, he does have that kind of creepy cult leader vibe about him. That isn't helping, though.
3: What? No! You think a guy who's running an organization of child soldiers to kill killer demons has has nothing under. nothing. no demons in the closet himself? I mean, mean, he knew
0: about Tamayo, so.
3: I mean,
1: who can say?
3: Certainly not me. I am behind on the print
1: volumes as it is, much less the manga in general.
3: Well, to be fair, now you can just go read all of the manga through Viz's app.
1: I can, but I don't know. <laughs> that's a true fact. Um I liked his performance though. Uh I like I like I liked Mark as Rengoku. Uh, he was loud. Uh, I'm probably more interested in seeing him in the movie because like that is kinda of like the storyline where Rengoku gets the most chance to shine, and so I'm interested to see what he gets to do there. Uh similarly I'm I like, I liked Ray Chase as Uzi, but I'm also interested in what he's gonna do and what's probably gonna be like the first big storyline of Season 2, which also pro- which probably features his character, and I feel like he's going to get a lot of chance to shine there, especially given how that plays out. <clears throat> oh, I can't wait for Season 2. It's going to be... it's go- Oh, the internet's going to lose its mind. It's going to be great. In a good way or a bad
3: way? Uh, that... Yes.
1: Yes. <laughs> it de- depends on what you want out of life, you know? <laughs> what do you want out of your shounen anime? Anyways... Um, what else? Kira Kira was fun as Mitsuri. She was just very, oh, everybody. Oh, she was fun. Uh, I liked, I liked Eric Scott as Obanai. He was, he was just good, good snaky boy. Um, a lot of these, a lot of these are just like, I, I feel like especially in this scene, you get kind of a broad overview of what these characters are like, so they, they can get a more, Depthy look at them in a later storyline and i thought uh, for a lot of these performances i thought they did a good job of like here's what this character is light like. as just sort of a baseline uh and i did think a lot of these actors did that well um kaiji was really fun as sanami he's just so mean what a jerk sheesh i'm glad he got hit in the head he deserved that <laughs> <laughs> serves you right jerk um Crispin was really funny as Gyo- uh, Guillaume, just weeping profusely. Um, Griffin was really fun as Machiro, just being a big ol' space cadet. Xeno um, uh, Ronson could do too much as Genya, as we've mentioned. Uh, but I did like his presence, and I do like that they're them. The, pe- the people making this clearly aware that this character is going to be big news later on. I do think they've at least kind of like here. This is our casting choice now, so you can remember that for later, when you're gonna when you're gonna thank us for this. Yeah. Um, What else? Uh, I, th- I like Frianna as Kanao. I thought she just did a good job playing this very, like, sort of quiet character who... I-, I feel like this is kind of the role that's often challenging as a voice actor, because a lot of what the character is going to do is going to be physical, which you don't have control over. You can just do the vocal part, and I thought she matched that really well. Uh, Reba was fun as Aoi, just ordering people around. I also liked her, like, three, like, sidekicks at the mansion. The Tanjiro cheer squad. Yes. <laughs> Who are just like, oh, they, no, they didn't blow up a gourd this big. They blew up a gourd this big. <laughs> and they're just very sunny and excited about everything. I thought they were a hoot. Um, but I, I agree. I think the standouts are definitely uh, Johnny as Gyu and Erica is uh, Shinobu. I think Johnny just does a good job of playing this character who's... In Another Life would have been the protagonist of his own series, but he's not anymore. Which I think is appropriate, because I'm, I'm sure if this show came out in, like, 2006, there's probably, like, at least a 50-50 chance they would have cast Johnny as Tanjiro. Um, and I thought he, he, did, he did a good that. And I, I also really liked Erika Shinobu. I thought she just did a good job of being very... It's just that thing of, like, are you evil? You seem evil, but I can't decide if you are evil. You will probably hurt me. You're underving. And she did. Get, she was very good at that, and I enjoyed that a lot. Um, yeah, good, good, solid set of characters. Uh, and now that that section is passed through this podcast much like a rat through a snake, uh, let's go on to a much shorter section. Uh, you know what the show has? Spider monsters. Big old family of spider monsters. Incredibly dysfunctional. It's very upsetting. Uh, very upsetting very but incredible. also very
3: well designed very well designed it's yeah. very
1: creepy <laughs> mm-hmm. look, like
3: we... real talk like i think they are some of my favorite designs in anime last year like i fucking love the spider-man boy designs
1: oh they they, lo- they look absolutely fantastic it's it's great that there, there's a unification between them but they all look distinct it's wonderful uh, and we're going to talk about them uh first up we have we have uh, Rui uh he appears to be one of the sons he's actually the person in charge you can tell this because he's the only one who gets an actual name everyone else just gets (laughs) generic titles uh he's not a nice boy he's not good people uh and you can tell this because he's basically uh coerced a bunch of other people into being his fake spider family and mutated them to all sorts of horrifying monstrosities such as the father who's a big spider face dude the mother uh who's a little more normal looking but very sad the older brother, uh, who's sort of uh, he looks he looks a little like those people in Ocarina of Time who've been cursed to turn into spiders, and so they're kind of half spider. He's people. also
3: he's also very unnerving CGI.
1: Oh yeah, you bet. He's he he. The only reason he's not the most unnerving is the most unnerving of the spider people is that little like spider baby that uh, Zetsu uh... runs into.
3: I can never take I can actually never take that moment seriously because of Kaiser Necco. Um, <laughs> As he who is it for you. <laughs> no, kind of, but in the best way possible uh, So if you don't follow uh, Scott, I can't say his last name Fred, Frederick. Frederick. Uh, Kaiser Deco on Twitter There is an amazing uh, video he made Of that baby spider demon going up to Zenitsu Going, hey man, what's some weed? <laughs> and Zenitsu <laughs> has just screams So whenever I see that scene I just hear that spider thing going Hey man, what's some weed? <laughs>
1: Uh, and we also have the older sister Spider, uh, who, um, who initially seems like she's bad news, but much like many of the demons in this, she's just some sad poor lost soul that you feel bad for <laughs> uh, And playing these characters. Um, Rui is played by Billy Kometz, you know for a bunch of things, including playing Josuke in Diamond is Unbreakable. Uh, the father is played by Kellen Goff. Not with a filter, mind you, that's his real voice. Uh, cause I guess he went down to the crossroads and made a devil with the voice acting, made deal with the voice acting devil or something.
3: Can I say something so that nobody else spoils this moment for me? Certainly. The spider demon sounds like, the father spider demon sounds like Stitch. It sounds like Stitch from Lilo and Stitch and you I can't mean, convince me otherwise. I mean, you're not wrong. I thought he was gonna tell, I thought he was going to ask them to stop touching his Ohana. I mean that as a compliment. <laughs>
1: Uh, Kellen, you know, for playing such roles as the boss in Golden Wind. Uh, the mother is played by Allegra Clark, who you know, for a lot of things, such as Jinyu and FLCL Progressive. The older brother is played by Derek Stephen Prince, uh, who you know, for playing various Digimon characters, and uh, Taito Magatsu in Blade of the Immortal. And the older sister sister is played by Erica uh, Lindbeck, who you know, for a lot of things, including Sayaka Igarashi in Uh, Jet, do you want to start us off again?
2: uh sure uh i'm probably gonna go in reverse order on this actually so i will go start ahead. With, uh erica Lindbeck as the as, I, uh, as the older sister i thought she did a very i thought she did a very good job there i feel like i haven't heard erica Lindbeck in any like major role major anime roles in a little bit so it's uh, nice to see her and something again um uh, I, I thought she did it. yes i thought she did a pretty she did a pretty good job here um uh, she uh, she definitely made the uh, sister come off as very much being a victim, which uh, was like, uh, which was definitely a twist that I didn't see coming initially. I wasn't totally sure what the whole Spider Family deal was going to be going in, and what I saw what was going for was like, oh, okay, this is very unfortunate. And uh, and I definitely and I definitely felt very sorry for her when she was just uh, getting beat up constantly by Rui because Rui sucks a lot. And, uh, and and I thought Erica did it. And I thought Erica did a pretty good job with that. I also definitely appreciated her delivery. Where uh, when she ends up getting caught by Shinobu, and, and she like and she dies in the outpouring player crying. She's like, oh, I've only i I've only killed like maybe five or six people, but I was forced to. and it was like, nah. He's like, nah, fam. I saw you. You killed at least like eighty people. <laughs>
3: That's as much as 810s, and that's terrible. <laughs> that's as much as 810s, and that's terrible.
2: Yeah. Uh, so, anyway, I thought Eric Olympe did a good job here. Uh, Derek, Stephen Prince. Uh, it's Derek, Stephen Prince doing the Ip Mod voice. Well, the Ip voice without going, like, the full Al Capone bit, but it's still basically Ip Mod, but that voice is always kind of fun to hear out of him. And, so, and, so, and, I, and I, pretty, I thought he did a pretty good job giving him giving it this very, like, fun over the top five, but not in, like, a super cartoonish way. As I added, and, I added, and I thought the way he handled that performance was a lot of fun. I thought uh, his fight with Zeddy 2 wasn't, like, super, 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 super impressive, but it was still a pretty interesting little showdown, and I liked the way that whole thing wrapped up, so that was pretty fun. Um, <laughs> Allegra Clark as the Spider-Mother, um... Liquor Clark definitely has a lot of rage, and I'm always kind of surprised to see how wide it could get. So I couldn't immediately tell it was Liquor Clark, uh, but once I definitely did piece it together, I definitely got a pretty, I definitely got a lot of enjoyment out of it. Out of it, like uh, Erica Harlicker, she is very much framed as an abuse victim, and I definitely felt very sorry for her immediately. And, uh, which makes it all the nicer when Tajiro gives her a very nice mercy kill, even if, you know, it would have been nice if we could have saved her somehow, but this isn't that kind of show, unfortunately. Uh, so, and then, uh, Kellen Goff as the spider dad. Uh, Kellen Goff is another person whose rage, uh, continue, she continues to astound me at every new thing I heard him in. I mean, so, okay, I mean, first, okay, I mean, first you hear him as and my hero season four. It's like, Okay, that's a pretty good villain voice. And like and then I then heard him as, like this red I never heard him as like this one character in One Punch Man Season 2 where he gave him like this very big Dr. Claw voice. And then there like and then, like, and then there's this character in Golden Wind. And then there's this which is which as Megan said is like basically since from Lilo with says and it's like I don't know how he does it, but like this like, and this man is definitely under the same is simply the same Will how and David Milch turns as it's like voice acting wizardry. I don't know how he manages to do all these crazy voices, but it's definitely very impressive. <laughs> and I definitely got a really good kick out of this one, and it, and uh, it is definitely very much a potential black magic contender for me because, like, again, I really don't know how the heck he managed to pull that off without the filter, but it was really, really impressive. Uh, but of course, but, but of course the. Definitive star of this section is definitely uh, Billy Commence's Rui, because uh, Rui is uh, Rui is quite a character. Uh, god, I'll hurt my nerves again. Um, so I've gotten uh, pretty used to Billy Commence as an actor by this point. Uh, but him in this role was actually a little surprising. Uh, While well, he's definitely played softer spoken characters before, i kind of used to him playing very loud jocks like Josuke or Galio. Uh, and I definitely haven't heard him tackle any villain roles, and uh, well, maybe Mikhail and Sirius Yeager, but calling Mikhail a villain is kind of a little bit of a stretch. Uh, his role in that show was basically just to get kicked around by Ben Diskin all day, and uh, it's kind of you, you just end up feeling really bad for him. Uh, but anyway, while well, I definitely wasn't expecting to see Billy get cast as Rui, I really enjoyed it. And uh, the voice is a little deeper than what the character design would imply, but there's this unsettling softness to it that just kind of makes that work. And there's something about the way he talks that makes Rui sound very creepy in almost every scene he's in, and pretty much every time he opens his mouth. And it definitely doesn't help that Rui's treatment of his quote-unquote family is basically just abuse, and Billy really knows how to play him as an abuser. And he gives out this general tone that makes it clear that he's very used to having his way pretty much all the time, and that crossing game will end very, very badly. And the way he just coerces the other spiders into joining, get, joining him and then brutalizes them whenever they try to escape is, uh, definitely feels very much in line with classic abuser tactics, and I was also very surprised how much the show actually ended up playing that straight. And I was even more surprised by how effectively Billy manages to shift gears between all of Burley's actions and keeping all of it as deeply uncomfortable as possible. And the way he talked about Nezuko specifically after like 10 seconds of meeting her was so twisted in its delivery that I really want to see him get punched into the sun. And uh, when he gets his kid cut off, that was simply very satisfying. I mean, of course we later find out that a lot of Rui's behavior stems from the fact that his parents tried to kill him and he transformed. And while I imagine that was pretty traumatizing, it doesn't really make any of his actions any less cruel. And uh, as Megan was saying, while I didn't like mind the whole thing overall, generally speaking, I'm not really a fan of the whole trying to humanize a villain literally seconds before their death thing. And I'm not saying that pre death flashbacks can't work, but they're generally only good if you they're done with the purpose of making, you know making you understand the villain rather than, you know, make trying to make you sympathize with them. And the show can be a little uneven about how the show can be a little uneven about that sort of thing and it pulls that kind of trick a lot. Um, so I thought that uh, Billy's delivery uh, during the scene where Rui finally realized like the weight of all the sins he committed was pretty spot on. And while again I didn't really feel all that sorry for him. Uh, I thought that Billy at least nailed what the scene was trying to go for. And uh yeah, it was a very strong performance and I definitely very much dad for seeing Billy Command some more villain roles. So good stuff. Yeah. Uh Jamal.
1: Jamal.
0: Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. <laughs> <laughs> I I guess I'll save you really for last. Uh, starting with Kevin Goff. Yeah, it's incredible how he's able to do that without a filter. But uh, I understand his bass voice now. Thank you, Jackbox. That I I can actually I can actually buy that was with him without a filter. Also, he's the guy I tend to confuse for Chris Beverts a lot in recent Funimation dubs. But uh, that's another story. But Ken was very impressive as the father spider because. Like, you, well, before you get to find out, like, who's the, actually the main antagonist, he's, it's pretty much a whole family of abuse if you think about it, but, that's not a subject I'm willing to touch right now. But, Karen did very good at this role, uh, speaking of which, uh, Allegra Clark, I don't listen to a lot of Allegra Clark roles, but when I do, it's it's kind of amazing, like, how she can display, match her voice to the character design as needed, because, I was wondering myself, why did she sound kind of youthful and worried? And then, you know, you find out that, like, you know, she's supposed to be the mother demon, but it turns out that was just... It turns out the whole spider family was just playing house. And Rui's constant threats, as well as constant abuse from uh, the father demon, it really kind of made her yearn for death that when it actually came. Like, she started getting... she's. St- I know, I know a lot of people say they don't like humanization after death, but that's the that's pretty much the whole flashback thing kind of messed up because I really did kind of feel for Allegra's character after that because, you know, like she was just in this situation by no circumstance of her own really. Same with uh, same with uh, same with Erica Lindbeck, we'll get to her later. But I think Allegra did very good job for what the mother demon called for uh derek steven prince much like Jet, is is derek steven prince i could i can pick him out because of the way where he's played multiple roles to speak the which it was kind of jarring in the back half because you hear derek mainly is the spider demon the literal spider demon but you also kind of him as one of the kakushi who e- escort Tanjiro to the I guess to the nurses office
3: best ambulance ever
0: <laughs> yeah but it was kind of John because because it's, it, it's pretty much the same voice there's there's no distinction between the two other than character design but and not only that I guess he must have been really deplorable because the the spider demon the actual spider demon himself doesn't get a flashback he just he just constant he just is very upset he lost to somebody who can't move his arms i guess he found that real embarrassing but then again if you poison the guy and you get beat by and he kicks your ass yeah that is kind of embarrassing but he was very terrifying very creepy and it worked uh erica lindbeck as the older sister i hear a lot of worry in the tone and i'm able to pick out her voice because i've watched a lot of more combat loving gameplay and it, it is very sensible for what she needs to do because the older sister doesn't really do much except follow Rui's orders and even then it's like you kinda meet your end by a shinobu who just poisons you outright which that scene was also terrifying because you you I was expecting her head to explode after all of that but nope straight up poison, just grasp it for dear life and Jesus Christ but other than that she did very good especially in the flashback but let's get to the start of this section here uh, Billy commences Rui because Rui's kind of the one you least expect but like our mom pointed out he's the only person with a name which that should be your first clue but the way he's trying to seek out a family and everything and yeah, it can feel kind of unnerving, but it's also kind of emotional because you realize, like, you know, much like Erica's character, he was kind of born under s- different circumstances that were unfair to him. And, and it's not like he had the choice, but all, the, but I don't think, because looking back at that flashback, I don't think the he killed the parents because he talks about, like, how his dad tries to atone for his sins by pretty much taking his own life, I pretty much think the parents took their own life, at least the dad. Dad, you don't see a lot of blood, any blood on Rudy's hands, literally. But yeah, for what it was worth, it was unnerved, it was terrifying, and especially with episode 19, it was very emotional. Again, I know a lot of people don't really want to humanize people after death, but I think it kinda helped in some ways, and. But, that, but like Megan said, that's just a bad flashback thing, the way you set it up. Like, they could have set it up before then and made it m- even more emotional, but, you know, what can you do?
3: I guess I'll have to talk about that a lot by section, because I'll have to talk about it with the performances, so.
0: uh, Hey, you can always work off me, you know. Anyway, I'm good to go. How about you, Megan?
3: No, that's a good point to work off of, because I think that that really... Uh, goes hand in hand with I like the Spider Family's acting a lot. I think it's actually some of the best in the entire show. All of them sound fantastic. Um, I'll start with Kellen, actually. Uh, Kellen is amazing. Um, I am genuinely impressed by every performance I've gotten to listen to him in. Uh, whether it be, uh, what little I've heard of Overhaul, I feel bad. I've not actually watched a lot of My Hero season 4. Don't, don't, don't worry, I
0: haven't either.
3: I've watched, I've watched what's been on Toonami for the last three weeks. I've watched the gentle arc. That's it.
0: Um, I haven't even gotten to that yet.
3: It's so good. I hate, I'm sorry, side note. If you think that the school festival arc in My Hero is bad, you're a bad person. Um, i'm sorry it's such a good arc fight me i love it um I, I i just hate this idea that like all shonen battle shows have to be doom gloom and action the entire time and there's no sense of levity or 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 shit that's allowed like everything must be grimdark these days and especially when we're talking about this show a show where i i've literally said before we started the call the more body horror that that Demon Slayer puts into it, the more I get interested. Oh, yeah, um, we'll talk about I'm that. I'm like, in Final yes, parts. yes, give me. I'm like, yes, yes, give me creepy shit. Like, uh, Spider Dad and not all nine of his eyes, and the fact that he like sheds off like a majority of his body and becomes creepier. <sighs> and I'm just like, yes, bitch, yes. Or in the flashbacks where um the 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 older sister Demon gets Rui's blood and he literally like rips her face off for part of it, I'm just like, mm. it's it's that, like, image of Lisa getting the coffee poured to her. That's me in that moment. <laughs> uh, no, I don't condone violence towards people, I just think in a show that has a lot of it in there, like, you've already set this tone, just keep giving me it. Um, no, so, I, I think Kellen's really impressive, um, genuinely, if you guys actually want a really cool video that Kellen has done about his process for, uh, doing all this creepy shit, um, He actually is the updated voice to the visually upgraded Fiddlesticks in League of Legends, who is an Eldritch Abomination scarecrow thing. And uh, he has an entire video about how he did this in his closet on his YouTube, and it's fantastic. And I implore any of one of you to check that out, and I hope we link it in the comments below or in the doodly-doos that come up in the video on YouTube. Um, And for all the Podbean people and stuff, uh, we'll- I'll have them link it there. I'll find the video for you guys. Uh, no, so he was really great. And like I said, he sounded like a demonic spider stitch, which made it better. Um, please destroy my childhood, Kellen. I love it. Um, just yeet my childhood into the abyss like you yeeted Tondro. Um, (laughs) Allegra Clark as the Mother Demon was so heart-wrenchingly beautiful, like, I think out of all of the demons you feel the most sympathy for her because she genuinely doesn't remember the only person who ever loved her and she is a textbook abuse victim and just that scene where uh, the father spider demon is holding her by the face and beating her and she's like, I'm sorry, what did I do? And Rui just goes, you should have known what you did wrong. And you just feel so bad for her which is why Tanjiro gives her such a gentle death. And it's just so beautifully animated. And Allegra's softness, um... That's why I wish that before she had died they would have at least started the whole we're playing house thing. Because she is also still a child I think. Like, she's an older teenager that's been forced to be the mom. Because there's a weird part where you see her, um younger and with her normal face that changes back and she's got like really kitty pigtails and like paint on her face and that just fucking hurt me to death where Rui's just like beating her up because of it um and so and again I'm used to like older Allegra voice I'm used to her stuff in like um of and uh Dorothea from Fire Emblem Three Houses sounds a little bit older than this um, Derek Stephen Prince as, as the older brother spider. Yep, that's Derek Stephen Prince, alright. Uh, he was creepy, he was wacky. Um, I find it very funny that he gets the comedy episode in the body horror segments. <laughs> um, I was like, damn, this episode's on Zanissu's backstory and is also very funny, what the fuck. Um, I thought he was pretty- he was pretty great. Um, uh, Erica Lindbeck as the older sister spider. Uh, I thought she was really good. I thought she was really convincing as- this scared conniving girl it's just that i wish her flashback had happened in the middle of those sets of episodes to set up why the family acts the way it does and before tanjiro says you're not a family a family's bond isn't strengthened on fears and um fears and like treachery and stuff because the scene that you see where um where you see that Rui has cut up her face for for no good reason. Doesn't make a lot of sense until you learn later on that he hits everybody who stops looking like him so that they don't look like family anymore. And you get that whole sense of she betrays um, that she is a bad person. She betrays the one person who trusted her, Rui, to keep herself alive. You kind of see how this family has become a family that survives on dog-eat-dog to keep in Rui's favor. And I think that Erica gets that really across. Um, I I would also like to see again. I love Erica Labecca's things. This was a big departure from like the biggest thing I remember her as, which is Mordred from Fate Apoc. Um, and then oh, Rui. Um, so yeah, Rui's an awful person, and yet I so almost cried to the the point where he sees his parents in heaven and all because in this show uh, all demons go to heaven apparently. Um,
2: that's a thing. Uh, no, sorry, uh I think you might have it reversed there.
3: Oh, I guess they were walking him on the path to hell. Yeah,
2: yeah, um, that yeah, that is exactly what the framing of that scene was.
3: Yeah, uh, I guess all demons go to hell. Uh, yeah, that um, uh,
2: yeah, that's kind of why like the image was on fire towards the end. Ah, uh,
1: it's a very Catholic way of orienting things. <laughs> <laughs> it was
0: more like heaven than but, hell uh, on earth, you know.
3: Remember, yeah, what's shit? Uh, fuck what? Uh. Oh my god, who played the dog in All Dogs Go to Heaven?
1: Burt Reynolds.
3: Burt Reynolds the dog can't save you now, really.
1: R.I.P. Burt.
3: Rest in peace, man. Oh. Now all I'm thinking about is uh, Burt Reynolds on uh, Saturday Night Live Jeopardy. Yeah. Which isn't actually Burt Reynolds, it's Norm MacDonald.
2: Yeah, I don't know, whenever I think of All Dogs Go to Heaven, I've only ever really seen the second one. So that-
3: first ones, the first, I love, I love, like, 1980s crazy Don Bluth movies because they were, like, really dark and not for children. Like, Burt Reynolds just goes to, straight up to dog hell in one of those movies, and The Land Before Time is a very unsettling film. Um, This does not, but it does not feature Spider-Boys, played by Billy Kometz. Oh, man. Uh, so this is the first time I can actively remember Billy Comet's playing an actual villain and not a person who I think is a villain but gets masqueraded as a hero. Um. <clears throat> Shouts fired. Uh, he does a really good job of being absolutely creepy. And I think the fact that he has such a more mature voice than his body lets on actually helps sell it. Like, everyone doesn't think Rui's a threat because he has the body of a child. But that thing, he has probably been alive for like hundreds of years at that point. Um, so it is absolutely creepy and unnerving. And I really like how, how brutally childish he is for saying that even though ta- he's the one taunting Tondoro about being a child. Because the part where he's like, she's my little sister and I'm gonna beat her into submission until she, she listens to me or let her burn in the sun. And it's it's so weird and it's so good and I fucking love it and goddamn Billy Kometz is like one of the best performances in this show despite not being around for like the longest period of time so uh thumbsy up all
1: right uh, I'm gonna start with Erica I liked Erica's performance a lot I think as we mentioned like I liked her I liked her connivingness like a lot a lot of these characters are framed as if not necessarily sympathetic at least like tragic like they're there. a lot of the demons are framed as being people who are like haunted by trauma and abuse and that's maybe why they're so angry now that they're undead monsters uh and uh, uh the older spider sister feels like an example of that like she is not good people but she herself is just like live like she has to she basically decides i need to live in fear and be selfish because otherwise i'm going to die uh, and i thought erica just did a, a good job with that um there, I I love hearing David Steven Prince and things. I've heard of anime since I basically knew what anime was. Uh, it's great to hear him. He's great here. Uh, it is very appropriate that he gets he gets to be the one who hassles Zenitsu, who is a punchline. <laughs> we'll get back to that. Uh um, Zenitsu. Or Zenit Zenitsu's life is suffering. Um but Der- Derek is he's just really fun. Uh it, it just it was very good, like just good on point casting for what those episodes needed. Um, Kellen is great as the father just good weird monster voice like i'm I'm impressed good stuff uh i really liked allegra because i i think as we agree like she i think she she has like aside from rui she she and rui have probably the most emotional weight to them as characters uh and i think allegra just did a good job of capturing that and also playing it because you know for a while you think she's the one in charge of everything and i thought she did a good job of Selling that while you think that's what's going on, and then when the twist comes, like making clear, it's like no, she's she is not in charge. Um, she maybe has. God, the... I love
3: that that fucking scene of Rui walking in on the the fucking threads above them all. Oh god, right. It's such a the spider arc is just so visually stunning. At it points. really, it really. You can
1: you can you can tell that like, um, uh, Gotogo the uh, the author clearly had a lot of fun drawing this in the manga, and the animators clearly had a lot of fun doing this in the anime. Like it's it's just great um that I I think Allegra does that twist well of it being clear of like n- not only does she is she not the one in charge she maybe has the least amount of power in this entire dynamic uh and Billy oh I'm not I'm not actually I, I'm sure I've heard Billy commence in something but not that I can like list off the top of my head uh but he is he is just great here he is just so vicious and child he has strong. That twilight zone episode with bill mummy with the Your powerful child where if you cross him he will quote send you to the cornfield unquote uh whatever exactly that means uh just just somebody who just like stopped maturing after a certain point but now has just astonishing power that they should not have for their maturity level uh, he's he's terrifying he is he is really great um yeah these are this is this is a great part of the show uh and i think like the i think particularly the performances of the villains here like really Cement that. Like this is a, this is a good arc, and these are good performances for these characters. And with that, let's talk with some people who are nicer. <laughs> I know that bar. That's in that's quotations. A, I, I mean, all right. This one of them's not that nice. He tends to get pissed off when you ruin his things. The other ones are not going to try and actively murder you. At least that's a that's an improvement from that bar that we nailed to the floor,
3: isn't it? Even a turtle could
1: jump this bar. <laughs> You're not wrong. Uh, so, we have uh, Sakonji Urodak- uh, Urokodaki. Uh, he is a, he's basically a mentor figure. Uh, Tanjiro gets sent to him the train in, uh, in preparation for basically the entry exam for becoming a demon slayer uh, where you have to go fight demons, shockingly enough. And it turns out that when your entire experience with fighting is you make charcoal uh, maybe you need a little, you know, you need to do something to get yourself up to snuff. There, uh, he wears a big red, um, one of these traditional Japanese tengu. Things. Thank you. Yeah, it's a tengu mask. Thank you. He wears a big red tengu mask that he never takes off, uh, and he's very mysterious. And while Tanjiro is there, he encounters uh, two children who keep showing up during his changing. Sabito and Makomo. Uh, they help him out. They have a secret. It's a sad secret.
3: I don't like their secret.
1: Their secret is not fun. <laughs> Uh, and also in this in this gathering we have uh Hotaro Haganazuka. Uh he is a sword maker. When you become a demon slayer, you got your own sword made for you. Uh, and he is the guy who makes Tanjiro's sword. Uh he really likes making swords, and he gets really pissed off if you break your swords. Just unfathomable he he, he, he actually might try and murder you. He also wears like
3: an octopus mask? Yes, yeah. I believe so. <laughs>
2: yeah, like uh, yeah, yeah. Again, demons are these guys kind of vary, but like the demons were like, demons were like easy. You after a few episodes where Dodger breaks his sword, and I like, attempted was like, hey, and he just like casually walking towards him, and They just seem like going full run with a knife. <laughs> I,
1: I'm I'm a mess. You up, son? You did wrong,
3: son. Son. You gonna fucking die. The,
1: the only the only time better than that is later when his buddy who made um you know skate sword shows up and just just to watch their infurious and Ska yeah immediately just starts destroying his swords. He goes like, no, I want
3: to have edges on them and be all beaten up and shit he wants it no inosuke has like serrated swords it's kind of actually cool as shit (laughs) no it's it's great it's just hilarious watching
1: this guy just fuming there while he's completely demolishing all the hard work he put into those it's like look some people want high quality just the nicest of the nice and some people just kind of want junk it's not Some you, men just want to watch the world burn. It's not our fault that you tried to apply your civilized society standards to the man who was probably raised by pigs. Like, let's be frank here.
0: I mean, he did say that.
1: It's, ergo, um, playing these characters. Um, uh, Urokodaki is played by Brooke Chalmers, who you know for playing roles such as Dahlia and Carol in Tuesday. Uh, Savito is played by Max Middleman, who you know for playing uh, Atsushi, Nakajima, and Bungo Stray Dogs. Makomo is played by Ryan Bartley, you know for playing Ram in Ray Zero, and uh, uh, Hotoru Haganaz- Haganazuka is played by Robbie Damon, who you know for a lot of things. But I noticed that apparently he's tuxedo mask in Sailor Moon, which I find delightful. Good for you. You you play that useless man.
3: My work here is done, but you didn't do anything. <laughs> uh, well, well, well,
2: he well he launched Robbie's career in anime, so I guess that's good for something.
1: There you go. <laughs> Look, is Tuxedo Mask useful? Not necessarily. Do I find him hilarious? Absolutely.
3: Tuxedo Mask trying to outrun his daughter's lust for him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> tuxedo Mask, his daughter is a horse girl. Yeah,
2: please. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, when I see his lust for him, it's like, uh, I mean, okay, I mean, okay, I mean, I mean to be a lot of people watch to lust after Tuxedo Mask, it's weird.
3: Tuxedo Mask, I think my wife is bisexual and attracted to some her teammates. <laughs> uh. Tuxedo Mask, is my wife about to get cucked by my own daughter?
2: Yeah, it's, like, yeah, it's, like, it's like, again, it, again, it's why on a unrelated related it. like the funniest thing to be watching, like, Naruto the last the first time was, instead of that I was just watching, like, Naruto and Tuxedo Mask fight over Sailor Moon. Like, that is literally just the plot of that movie. <laughs>
1: Yeah, oh, <laughs> would you would you like to start us off again?
2: Uh, sure. Uh, so, Brooke Chalmers as uh, uh I was only really familiar with uh, Brooke Chalmers for uh, his role as Ali and Carol Duse at that point. Uh, so, uh, while this sounded very similar to that, uh, this is obviously a very different character, but I definitely really like the performance. Uh, Brooke uh, gives... <laughs> Urokonaki does like this very, I was like, yeah, this, uh, this, uh, this very stern kind of wizard tone. This is clearly a guy who's like been around the block a long time, uh definitely very, uh, definitely very seasoned. And I kind of like the whole. <laughs> I like, yeah, I mean, I'm kind of a I'm kind of a good, good sucker for the whole old master vibe thing. And not, uh, Tomura did a very good job at that. <laughs> and so, I definitely really appreciated like how quickly Urokonaki was just kind of willing to go to bat for Konjuro after a while. And especially, especially with the whole, like, uh, okay, I'll vouch for you, I'll, like, commit Sudoku if Nezuko ever screws up thing. I thought that was, like, very sweet. But at the same time, I appreciate that uh, during, like, a lot of his early interactions with Tadro, he's like, <laughs> that's how he's like, okay, he's like, look, this is what you gotta do if you mess up. <laughs> okay, if you mess up, if you let Nezuko kill people, you gotta commit Sudoku. That's just that's, that's what you gotta do.
3: As opposed to committing Sudoku.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
3: Uh, and then uh, Max middleman
2: and Ryan Bartley as uh, sorry, as the uh, appearances who have a very uh, unfortunate secret. Uh, Admittedly, really I did not get the chance to re-watch the, that part of the show so I don't remember too too much of what their performances sounded like. Uh, but I did, uh, but if we do recall that uh, Max middleman was definitely using like um, was definitely going on a bit of the deeper end compared to some of his previous roles, so I thought that was pretty interesting. And as I add add Ryan Bartley, I I always enjoy hearing Ryan Bartley and things. I think she actually does a really surprisingly good job with all characters, as so, I uh, especially uh, especially characters like uh, Kabuki, the x Hunter, or like the way she plays Ray the uh, new the yeah, Genesis the the event going I thought she did a great job there, and I thought like, and I thought she did a pretty good job here. Uh, so, uh, Kind of, uh, kind of helping to advise Sanjuro as, as, uh, as he goes through his training. I, I was definitely kind of surprised that they actually did have that training arc last a whole year. And like his hair actually grew out right at that time. I thought that was like pretty amusing. Um, I, I don't know. On a, side note, on a side note, I'm always kind of annoyed when they do the kind of thing where they have a long training arc. And the main character's hair like, grows that really long. And it's like, no, we're going to kind of back to normal leg anyway. I, I, I say that specifically because I'm very mad that when they pulled that when Nacho and he didn't just have long hair for the rest of the show. I was like, let us hear me long, you cowards. Uh, and uh, lastly... Uh, Tanjiro would be too powerful.
1: It's true. And lastly... He's trying to go slay demons. Women in town keep throwing themselves at them. He keeps having to explain he's a teenager and this is not appropriate. Please stop. <laughs>
3: well okay technically in the taisho era it kind of would they were like engaged 16 year olds but still point stands yeah. Tanjiro,
1: would be, Tanjiro would be embarrassed by the attention then <laughs> this is not a man who handles this is not a man who handles uh, being hit on well I imagine
2: yeah and uh, lastly uh, Robbie David as uh, the sword maker guy uh, as we were saying uh, this is definitely a very comedic character I thought uh, Robbie David was pretty funny in this role Admittedly, it took me a second to realize it was Robbie David because uh, it's definitely a little, like, more cartoony than he usually sounds. Uh, so, uh, but I definitely got a pretty good kick out of it. I Again, I definitely got a pretty good laugh after, like, the second time he's introduced where, like, he's chasing out the with a knife because Tadro messed up one of his swords. <laughs> and, I, like, and I thought that was, like, one of the funniest bits of the entire show. And uh, Robbie definitely had some pretty good delivery there. And it was a pretty fun performance, so I liked all of these.
1: Uh, Jamal.
0: Uh, start with Brooke Chalmers. Uh, obviously, he's somebody I'm not used to yet. I did notice upon first watch when I started listening to him, he kind of had underlying notes of David Wald in a bit, but I but I guess because he's a more stern character, the I don't want to necessarily say old man for. I it say maybe middle-aged man or something like that. It's kind of hard to gauge how old he is exactly. At least... At least 47 years, according to the uh, the one demon he captured for Final Selection. At least 47. But, you know, I guess he had free reign to give the character voice however he wanted to. Because, you know, he has on a Tengu mask, so there are no lip flaps. But, there
3: Actually, the one thing is, he actually does kind of have lip flaps. Because if you pay attention, you can see his jaw moving.
0: I was just about to point that out. Sorry, my bad. Thank you, Andrew. Uh, so anyway, he, 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 it was a quiet taste, but I think they're okay with what the character was given. Uh, Max Millman Sabito. Uh, uh, yeah, we all know is uh, Sabito Macoma have a big secret. To the grave. But Max Millman did pretty good with what the character had to work with. There wasn't very really much to him. So I was kind of surprised by the little twist they had. Same with Ryan Bartley. Ryan Bartley was very cute, very charming. Like you could tell, they were definitely age appropriate for what the uh, Hand Demon, well, for what both Sakonji and the Hand Demon said about the final selections. Cause man, was that kind of surprising. I mean, even Sakonji said himself he intended to send Tanjiro to the final selection, but. You know, sometimes the impossible is is possible. Speaking of which, bullshit, that's Robbie Damon. Bullshit. (laughs) Because when I heard this man go ham, I thought to myself, is that? Nah, that can't be. Uh, I'll tell you who I mean after this. But when I was surprised to find out it was Robbie Damon, I was like, bullshit, I've heard Robbie Damon. (laughs) And that does not sound like him. Then yeah, he did him in another role, but that's for another day. But yeah but yeah, he was definitely very passionate about his swords and everything. And Robbie really put that on display, you know, pun intended, so I think it was pretty much okay for what it was worth. That's all I have to say. Megan?
3: Uh yeah, so I am going to talk about Robbie Damon first, because Robbie Damon has one of the funniest lines in the show, which is when he gives Tandro his sword for the first time and it turns black, and he's like,
0: well, I,
3: want- I wanted it to be fun! What is this? And he's like losing his shit, and Tandro just goes, How old are you? And he goes, I'm 37! <laughs> I fucking lost it. Yeah. Robbie's performance is so funny. And I can't, like, I know that that character has an arc somewhere later on in the manga, apparently. Um, so I really can't wait that- I love that Robbie Damon's already established as being this kind of crazy nutcase, and I don't think I've ever gotten to hear Robbie Damon play, like, an older man nutcase character like this guy? Um, uh, uh, Hotaru is hysterical, and also, shout out to Kyle Heibera for playing his buddy, who makes, uh, you know, case swords. And he's just like, what are you doing?! Ah! Um... Drunk Tomers as Urokodaki is actually, uh, not one of my favorite performances in the show. I think that it's stilted sometimes. I think it can be a little flat. Um, I- it just never- I never really got into it. Uh, when I had mentioned that some of the performances feel really sterile, his is probably, like, one of the worst, I think, offenders of that, where it's not bad, but it's also just very, very like, you- you gonna do anything? Um, I just think that it, it it's a little either too subdued or just it's something about it just didn't sit right with me. Uh, I think it's good, but it's not, again, my favorite. I I don't know what it is, if it if it's because they never give us a character's age, so I don't know if he sounds too old or too young. If um he's speaking this way because of it's a verbal tick that's carrying over from the Japanese that isn't explained very well by the show's standard, or if because they are having a hard time directing and actor wise working with the fact that there are still lip flaps there's just no way to see them because again like Jamal and I mentioned Urokodaki does have lip flaps but it's not shown in the way where like if you look at Zenitsu or um, Tanjiro where you can see their mouth move uh, even if it's like, exas- like exacerbated or over the top Urokodaki you can't do that with because he never takes the mask off Speaking of taking the mask off, God damn it! <laughs> so I'm gonna rip this band-aid off and, that, and say, and say that uh, the thing about Sabito and Mikomo is that they're dead. I and when I watched, children. I
0: thought you were gonna take that secret to the grave.
3: Nope i I'm not gonna lie that I watched about the first. That's the second time he's made that joke. He gets to let that fly. We missed it the first time.
1: <laughs> I can boo.
3: It. I can... <laughs> I'm the host. I'm the host. I'm the host here, I can do what I want. Jamal, you get to you get your you get your one Andrew pass for the night. Um So yeah, when I watched the show in the sub, I was absolutely pissed that like Sabito is dead. Because Sabito is my other favorite character. Um I love him. I love him so much, and I think Bax is perfect as Sabito. Um there's a lot of people they could have had match up to uh Japan's favorite overused voice actor, Yukikaji. Um but, hi. um, I think he did a really good job. It did sound like, when he mentioned the sound deeper, it hit me that it sounds like a very angry Atsushi from Bungo. It's a little bit deeper than that, and I loved it. And I loved him whacking the living shit out of Tanjiro for sucking at his job. And he's like, you never- And also, be I like the metaphor that the boulder is- he is the boulder- because he was Urukodaki's strongest student. And the tragedy of the children, the fox children, the fox kits, because Urukodaki gives all of the students he sends off a fox mask, is that they all died to this one demon. And just. just the, the moment of serenity where, like, his mask gets cut and you see his face for the first time. I, I just love Sabito's design. I love everything about him. And I'm very, very pissed that he's dead. Um, but Max does a fantastic job for, like, the two episodes he's in. And Ryan Bartley does a really good job as, uh, Makomo. She's soft-spoken, adorable, kind of, like, it's very clear that she's a little aloof because even Tadra mentions that she kind of stares off and doesn't let the secret out. And I kind of wish that instead of just showing, like, black and white screens, like, just kind of colored screens for, uh, Makomo and, uh, Sabito's fates that they would have actually shown them in battle because apparently Makoma, when she learned about what happened, went into, like, a feral fucking rage, and I would have loved to hear Ryan Bartley do that. But I, I love them so much as as these two, and god, I would kill for, like, a what-if AU if they were around just to hear them more.
1: Maybe we'll, maybe we'll, do, an, uh, maybe we'll do an ova of that ridiculous high school AU that uh, they keep playing after credits.
3: Please. <laughs> uh.
1: I see uh robbie's really funny I just like him as this really over- I, I I like how this show uses masks because it, it's good at using them for dramatic effect but also just like this guy makes swords I bet you think he's a serious guy you would be wrong he's kind of ludicrous jokes on you you thought you were watching a serious samurai show <laughs> this one's goofy uh and just watching him be mad about Tanjiro, um, either messing up on purpose. Uh, messing up or doing things that are completely out of the control is just delightful. I find him very entertaining. Uh I, I I liked Rook as Urokodaki, I thought he did a good job with kind of the resigned somberness that's that's part of the character. Uh he felt there was there's very good kind of like withhold you know, sort of withdrawn mentor guy, or like he he means well, and he's gonna do good by you, but he's got a he's got a lot of baggage. It's, it's it's mostly mostly bad. Uh, I don't know if he shows up too much more going forward. Uh, I'm not sure. Um, but yeah, I I, I also really liked Max and Ryan as Sabito and Makomo. They're just they're just nicely played characters. Like they they show up and they know this information, and there's something a little strange about them even before you know the twist uh and as far as kind of like potentially short-lived characters where i don't know if they show up again I'm, I'm not too far into the manga and i can imagine scenarios where they might come back i just don't know if they'll happen um i thought they did a good job they just they played the characters really well um and, them and brooke all just have the fun part of like well you don't have lip flaps but you can see the character's jaw moving which is probably which is even more vague and infuriating than trying to match actual lip flaps or at least you have a rhythm to go to here it's just like, well, you need to be talking here, and not talking here. Best of luck to you, buddy. Go! Oh, I bet I bet you're really glad about your life decisions that led to this moment right now, aren't you? Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed these performances. I thought they were good. I uh, hopefully Saivito and Makomo can come back at some point and be Ghost Children another time. Who knows? You can see their rad scars on their faces. Which while sad, are very cool looking. Next up, more friendly people. Because after this we have to talk about some very unfriendly people. Let's talk about some friends first. Uh, While Tanjiro and Nezuko are hanging around a big city trying to uh, uh, find some demons, uh, they run into some nicer demons. Uh, They run into Tamiyo and Yoroshiro. Tamiyo is a doctor. uh, And her shtick is she generally tries to help demons uh, to the point where she informs Tanjiro that she is working on a way to maybe turn demons back into humans. She just needs blood from these really high power demons that she can experiment on. And if she, he could be such a deer and go get some of those for her, her that would be really swell. Uh, Tanjiro agrees, because, I mean, look at him. Of course he's going to. Uh, and she is followed around by her assistant, Yushiro. Who's a little asshole.
3: But he's my <laughs> asshole!
1: <laughs> he is... he is... He is both a delight and also just what a what a jerk. What
3: a little ass. What a little shit. I want
1: five. I I, I just I I just perpetually and partially because I keep remembering it because for a while it was the like clip they always played when they came back to uh, Demon Slayer on Toonami from the commercial break. But there's always the bit where he like inst- he comments that Nezuko is not much to look at and Tanjiro just gets so mad. It's like how Tanjiro Tanjiro <laughs> Mick loses it. How dare you call my sister ugly? <laughs> she was the most beautiful girl in our village. How dare you? Yeah, one just so, just so offended.
0: He at one point just posted Will Smith out in front of her. Like... Yep. Yep.
1: Just...
3: Nezuko, the beauty of the village! How dare you? Nezuko's just like, what the fuck's happening?
1: <laughs> Nezuko doesn't understand why anyone is yelling. She'd rather they stop. <laughs> Nezuko's just
3: like, I'm just- She's just like, oh, Okay.
1: Okay. Why is Tanjiro so angry? What is going on? I was I so a while ago. Playing these characters. As Tamio, we have Laura Post, who you might know for such roles as Isabella from the Promised Neverland. And Yoshiro, we have uh, one of our writers, Kyle McCarley, uh, who you might know for playing Ryo in Devilman Crybaby. <laughs> Another little asshole for of very different proportions.
3: Who did nothing wrong. <laughs> That's a lie. He did a
1: lot wrong. No, he did nothing wrong, and wrong just got a big asterisk next to it. Um, uh, who, who would like to start us off? I
2: guess I'll uh, keep things consistent, and I'll go. Go ahead. Uh, so, uh, Laura Post Tameo. Um So, out of all the casting decisions in the show, this prop, this one is definitely on the safer end. It was a little predictable, but. Like, uh, but Laura Post is definitely very good at this kind of role. So I, am sorry, I like, yeah, I'm playing too much. Uh, uh, she, uh, she definitely does a good job of giving Tabio this kind of, uh, this kind of motherly tone that makes her seem, and uh, that makes her seem kind of, that makes her seem kind of warm. Uh, despite how like, that despite how mysterious she seems initially, and like uh, and uh, while Tajiro was like totally sure what her deal was at first. Um, uh he uh he warms up to her quickly enough and i think like lare's tone general tone boys that helps with that uh, but at the same time there is uh, a little bit of a business like Persona where okay where uh, where she's very much okay like i need you to do i need to do X for me does that now things have to be done and laura is also very good at that kind of thing as again so i mean again it's not like it's not like up there with her uh, more notable kind of mom-esque roles, but I thought that Laura did a pretty good job here. And I'm definitely curious to learn more about this character because uh, it is definitely very clear that um, she's going to show up more later. Uh, Kyle McCarley as Yushiro, um, as everyone else was saying, uh, he's definitely kind of a little turd, but he's definitely a very fond little turd that uh, he uh, he has he, he definitely has a lot of attitude and Kyle gets that across really well he's kind of a, uh, he's kind of joked to Tanjiro at pretty much all times <laughs> uh, and, and, and I don't we really appreciate how much he shifts between just like constantly berating Tanjiro every 10 seconds and then immediately like trying to soften up as soon as like is like glancing his way <laughs> because he doesn't <laughs> want to look bad in front of her ah shit uh, I
1: gotta <laughs> impress the boss <laughs>
2: Yeah, as I add, uh, and it's also just uh, definitely very funny hearing Kyle go on just go on and on about like how pretty Tabeo is. I thought that whole thing was pretty funny. As I as I add, again as I saying, I, I had a pretty good, a really pretty good kick out of Tanjiro's Will Smith moment, where he's just trying to convince Uzuro how pretty Tod how pretty is, and like Yuzuru just won't see it for some reason. So like, but I also appreciate like, like at the very end, is like he and Tommy were leaving. He's like, "Oh, okay, yeah, but your, your sister looks alright." And then he just kind of leaves. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, that's pretty much it. Uh, that's pretty much it for these two. But I definitely did enjoy them. I just kind of like hope they show up a little more
0: later.
1: I imagine they will. I'd be very surprised if this is the last we see of them. Uh, Jamal.
0: Uh, I guess to start with Laura Post, I can't really say for certain if it was a safe choice or anything because I, again, I would listen to a lot of California dubs, and my only frame of reference for Laura Post is a uh, Ragio Kill from Killer Kill. Like, she's
3: literally. Laura Post plays literally like every anime mom character. Like Ragio, she's uh, Isabella in uh, Neverland. I
0: saw maybe a couple episodes of Promise Neverland, but even then, like, it's like. I don't really have that voice in my head, but for what it's worth, she she does manage to play his character very mature because as she points out to Tidro that she ter- that she turned Ushiro after about a uh, two hundred years of research or so, to which Tidro inappropriately asks her age. Yeah, you never. I
3: mean, in that moment, I would have asked her age, and I'm another woman.
0: I mean, I would have done the same thing too, but even then. But yeah, I think, but I think his kind of funny out she's not a bad mom. But Lord Post is does, does very good with what she's given for what for what we've seen her for like what two episodes or so, two three episodes, maybe
1: three, I think.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Although you yeah, guys, man, if anybody's ever watching the first time, did anybody ever get a little creeped out by uh, how she uses her blood demon art?
3: No, I thought it was cool as shit.
0: I thought so too, but the fact that you kind of have to scratch your skin open is like, ugh. But yeah, and uh, Kyle Macaulay as Yushiro, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna. I kept forgetting Ushiro's name half the time, but Kyle manages to play Ushiro as this a clingy kind of individual, and not just on to their life, but. Kyle, yeah, he has to handle to his task of be berating people and look down on Lady Tamayo, and having to like keep her safe and so on, to the point he gets his head knocked off, which that also kind of disgusted me a little bit. It's an even more surprising way it grew back too, but.
3: Oh, I love that scene though. Ugh. Yeah.
0: But, yeah, Kalman just play good job playing this little shit, you know. Whether he's your favorite shit or not, that's up to you. Man. Everybody did good, and I really wish we... I really hope we do see more of them. Megan?
3: Oh, I'm here. Um... oh boy. Ah, oh, I love Tamayo and, and Yushiro. So, Yushiro's my other favorite character. <laughs> Which should surprise nobody. That I love angry little gremlins. And boy howdy is Kylo McCarley in his house playing little shitheads. From the voice of Shinji Mato himself. (laughs) Now we have Taisho's Shinji Mato, except for he's not a creepy rapist. Um, He's such a little fucker, and I love how he speaks so formally while he's throwing out all these barbs. Like, he calls her repulsive. He's always like, Yes, Miss Tamayo. And he's like, Got this stick lodged so far up his ass that he might as well be a Muppet. <laughs> um, he's so good. Kyle is such a delight as him. I love when uh, he throws the little thing onto to uh, Tanjiro's face, like, Ah! Uh, how come on, you can't see this shit. God, you're worthless. Ah! Uh. And you're just like, okay. Also, props for Kyle for having to act and yell where, like, he's only got half the face. Because his little, like, the little fleshy things in his neck have to literally rebuild in his own head. And I'm like, yeah. Yeah! That's the good shit!
1: (laughs) I swear, you and Roots as a couple make more and more sense every day. (laughs)
3: Fuck. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm not like... I'm not like I'm gonna pop open a copy of Parasite or The Thing or anything. Like, that's my limit. But, like... You wanna show me a spider demon twisting someone's neck? Hell yeah. You wanna show me a guy's head just scientifically putting itself back together? Alright! You wanna watch a demon lady, like, make another thing go on an acid trip by scratching her own arm? Fuck yeah! Uh, Speaking of demon acid trips, uh, Laura Post. uh, I agree with Jet. This was the absolute safest choice. This is the person who I expected this to be. Uh, I really liked it because she had that very mature, like, lady of the house type of voice, but without being, like, villainous. It's very clear that she's very much a soothing presence for both Yushiro and Tanjiro and Nezko. Because remember, Nezuko immediately opens up to her and I guess she's the other person besides Shinobu who fills your doctor fetish in the show. Because um, she's a doctor. Um, I love where she's when she's just like, she has that mom voice where she's like, you sure stop hitting people. And he's like, yes, ma'am. <laughs> I think my favorite Yushiro line is ma'am I didn't hit him I just threw him (laughs) after he just sends Tantra to Suplex City and she's so good and I like how despite their appearance because they both look relatively young uh, that they sound so much older because they have lived so many years because god knows when the fuck that uh, Miss Tamayo might be like four or five hundred years old at this point, and she sounds like an older woman without sounding like an old lady, if you know what I'm saying. Mm. But yeah, no, I love them a lot.
1: Yeah. Uh, Kyle is great. Uh, Ishiro is just such a little jerk all the time. (laughs) He is so mean. Frequently over nothing at all other than he just seems to be in a perpetual bad mood about everything that is not his hot boss. Um... (laughs) And Kyle just plays that so well. He is so... Just the right level of obnoxious. He's never, he's never like, annoying for you, the viewer, but it's like, yeah, you're a real asshole. Why are you being so mean to Nezuko? She's just existing. That was uncalled for.
3: Nezuko's just trying her best, man.
1: Mm-hmm. She's, just trying, she's just trying her best, man. <laughs> Life's hard. She has to sleep all the time. And she lives in a box. It's hard, man. Um... He's, he's just he's delightful he's so just ill-tempered except when he's talking to Tamio, and then he's all just you know sunshine and politeness and i'm sure if i knew japanese better i'd be able to inform these using just like the most polite language in the world uh which they, they which i think they do a good job of reflecting that in the english as well is just making him seem very polite and uh sorry my cat's meowing at me and i got distracted
3: it's okay cricket we love you
1: We do love you, Cricket. Um, He's just so, like, ill-tempered and hilarious doing it. I liked him a lot. And uh, I liked Laura's performance as well. She just did a job... I thought she just did well as being this very, like, sort of, you know, older, sort of, you know, kind authority figure who's, you know... She's a demon, but she's trying to do good in the world and be fair to people and be kind. And that's clearly part of the reason why, uh, uh, you know, Yoshiro was, uh, you know, ended up being signing up with her anyways as far as like he clearly uh, really appreciated what he she did for him and i thought laura and i thought laura just captured that really well um these are like really strong performances i i have not read they have not reappeared in the manga as far as i have read but i'll be shocked if they never appear again and i look forward to seeing them for a second time they're good stuff uh and now that we've gotten some nice people all the way let's talk about some bad people we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about some real bad 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 people so there's this guy. His name's Muzan Kibutsuji. He's kind of the big demon. Period. He's the ur demon. He's the guy without without which none of this would have been required. Uh, he's bad news. He's basically the people. He's basically the guy Tanjiro is looking for. Uh, and you're expecting some big mean ugly demon. It's like, "No, he looks normal." He apparently has a family with some humans who don't know what he is. Very insidious. Uh, you can tell he's bad because everyone else still dresses like it's the feudal age, and he's the only major character who wears a suit all the time.
2: Yeah, uh, I mean, uh, I mean, the joke's been done. I mean, the joke has been done enough already at this point. But I mean, come on, he 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 really a lot like Michael Jackson
0: for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, you all it, do this good? Fuck. It's,
1: it's it's the hat and the color of the suit. That's more. That it is more or less what he wears in the Smooth Criminal video. So you're not wrong.
3: Uh, you've been turned by you've been turned by, by, by a Ms. smooth criminal.
0: You've you been hit by you've been struck by Musagi Pusig. <laughs>
3: <laughs> now I'm just imagining. Now I'm just imagining. Like whenever like he's looking for like for Tandro, I always feel like somebody's
0: watching me. Cause he's bad, he's bad. Come on, Shamu. I want to love you, Young <laughs> thing. I to guess be I fair with I, all I the guess... de- with
3: all the demons running around. It might as well be the thriller music video.
0: I I guess I didn't have to beg for your forgiveness, huh, Armand? No, not today. <laughs>
1: oh, so I was. Uh,
0: anyway.
1: He's the big bad guy. Uh, And at one point he runs into Tanjiro and he decides to send some uh, demons after him and uh, Tamiyo and Kushiro. uh, Who are, and their names are Yahama and uh, Susumaru. Uh, Yahama has this special ability, we can make these little arrows fly, that you can't see, but he can see them. And he can make them fly around and like drag you around and flatten you against the ground and so on. Uh, Which is difficult unless you've been given the whammy that Tanjiro eventually gets, let you see the arrows because otherwise you're just gonna die. And uh Susumaro uses these like jangly balls that she throws at people. Incidentally, do you like ladies with big arms? Well, great. She has six of them. So, you know. Uh, go watch those episodes if that's your thing. You'll be very happy about it.
2: Oh, wow, I didn't know Noah I I didn't know I was in this anime. Who? <laughs> uh,
1: no, no from uh from uh, Dori Oh,
0: Dwa, okay. Yeah,
2: only one more week, people.
1: Yep.
3: Kia's end friendship
0: happy, happy birthday to me
3: I was gonna oh, yeah. say uh, Andrew we found your demon
1: <laughs>
3: god I remember when so many insecure male weebs on the internet saw her and they were like oh she's so cute and then she got the six stars and they were like Ugh. and I'm just cowards. like I'm just like drink it in drink, it's like alright guys who aren't cowards and get, and, us les, and us lesbians and buys, let's feast Dora Hedoro oh. is going to feed us so well.
1: Oh, you bet. Uh, playing these characters, uh, Muzan is played by Greg Chun, who you know for a lot of things. I know him from playing the lead character in Judgment, where he's great. Uh, Yahaba is played by Xander Mobus, uh, who you know for playing Joker in Persona 5. And uh, Sasumaru is played by Sarah Ann Williams, who you know for playing uh, Nonon in Kill the Kill.
4: Turn yeah, down for what?
1: Jet, <laughs> yeah, would you like to start us off again?
2: Um, sure. So I will, so I will start with Zatropobius because I kind of have the least to say for him out of these three. Uh, so, so uh, has done his fair share of villain roles to this point, and I definitely very much enjoy him. And them um, uh, I really like that he gives uh Yahaba here like uh, so, uh it's very kind uh, it's very kind of deep, not like necessarily seductive voice, but it's kind of like very. It's like uh, uh, but just kind of very smooth in a way that's in a way that's in a way that's, I, a way that's just kinda of like pleasant to listen to, but it's also kind of sinister. And I definitely think his fight with Tanjiro was a lot of fun. He gets um as I uh he has some pre- uh, he has some pretty good back and forth with Tanjiro's actor. It's a, and uh, it's, it's a, and uh, that whole fight is pretty fun. I wish I had like maybe a little more say, but um, this character is just kind of there. I don't think he really gets a. I don't think he gets a death flashback that I can recall. I'm pretty sure he doesn't. I don't, I don't think.
3: I don't think. No, do. no, neither of them do.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah. As, I, as, as I as Sarah and Williams as uh, Susan it's as I um, as I. Um, I mean it uh, I mean like, I mean it gets kind of tiring saying this, but there, there, there definitely is kind of a very much a thing where I feel like you I feel like Sarah Ann Williams is just one of those actors where like that, where it's like if you see her role, it's like, yep, this is definitely very much a thing I see Sarah Ann Williams doing. She just has that kind of voice to her. Uh, but it's definitely not a bad thing because she does uh, because he has a very specific brand and she does very well. She's always very good at playing very loud and kind of unhinge characters. And uh, that's definitely Susanamaru to a tea, and and uh, she's clearly having a lot of fun here. So, so and so, so Anna, her fight with Nezuko was pretty good. So, I, don't, so I definitely got a pretty good kick out of when she was surprised by uh, Nezuko do, uh, doing mega kick on her and, like, breaking one of her legs. That was pretty <laughs> funny. I <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, uh, was a, uh, that was another pretty sorry, pretty decent fight. Again, I kind of wish he had, like, I wish I had a little more to say here but it's been a little while since I watched that part of the show uh, but so, uh, but her and Dann were definitely uh, pretty uh, fun pair of performances. Uh, Greg, on the other hand I uh, definitely have more to say here uh, because uh, because pretty uh, Greg here is uh, definitely pretty interesting uh, because well uh, Greg tune of voice I don't know if you've gotten used to I'm not really haven't really heard about a lot of villain roles which is kind of weird for how naturally smooth his voice is, but uh, he never did a pretty solid job here. And when on's first introduced, uh, he seems a little more un- unassuming than all the hype around him with the Jansons. Um, and I'm about to say, he's kind of with his family at the time, so initially, Agrae uh, kind of plays Muzan in being very subdued. And uh, while well, there's still that kind of smoothness, he generally kind of, kind of comes to a substitute from him. He initially sounds, like, a little polite. Uh, but as soon as he drops the mask, his tone is like all business, and there's just this growl to his voice that makes him sound pretty scary. And, uh, and similar to Rui, Muzan is just a kind of villain who's definitely very much used to having his way. And he's willing to pull out any and all forms of intimidation to kind of keep all of his minions in line. And uh, pretty much each and every minion we see is just downright right terrified of him. And, and uh, this is probably best seen during the final episode where Muzan is just kind of cleaning house with the lower members of the 12 Kizuki. And the way that Greg's voice is kind of snaps and even the slightest hint of disrespect, is pretty unnerving. I definitely have to make that scene as uncomfortable as it was clearly meant to be. Like, you definitely feel really sorry for these guys, and they're just, like, trying so definitely to please the boss. And he's, and he's just like, are you kissing up to me? Die. <laughs> uh, uh, if there's one negative I'd have to give here, it's it's, like, it's less with Greg, it's just more that we don't see a whole lot of moves on in general for the first season. And uh, so we don't quite know what his deal is beyond just being very intimidating. Uh, but hopefully that'll change in any future seasons Everyone what we have right now. I definitely enjoyed hearing Greg. I just wish there was a little more to talk about.
1: I'm done. Yeah. Uh, Jamal?
0: i uh, start with Yahaba. Other than uh, Persona 5 and uh, Super Smash Brothers, I'm not really too familiar with Sandomobus. Matter of fact, when I heard him on my first and second watch, I actually thought he was another voice actor. I'll tell you who after recording. But I thought he did pretty pretty interesting, pretty good with what he was given. Even though the character is kind of like, he can always see through his hands. It's kind of like this, ugh, this, this show has a lot of creepy things going it, But when it's done right it's just very good. Yahaba is pretty much, I don't know, I guess, Yahaba and Susano pretty much partners when it comes to hunting down demons. They just wanted to please the boss. I mean, to the point, you really thought the first fight was going to be all out. And, I don't know, I guess Tadro managed to find the weaknesses and worked around it, but Santa so does a pretty good job of waste I can pick out Sarah Ed Williams in the crowd thanks to Kill the Kill. Anytime you see him, Sarah is pretty much a the line. I mean, so far, I've heard her a witch, as a band leader, and as we'll find out later on in the year, and an android. But Sarah manages to play this character. Very interesting, because for one thing, yeah, Susan Borrow can be a little temperamental, you know, she just... I guess as you find out towards her, the end of her run, she just wanted to play a little bit, but she was caught in this circumstance, where she became a demon. A demon that pretty much matches to turn into somehow a demonic version of Vajra, if you look at it, because all their mobs. I, I actually like the design on that, by the way, because that was pretty good. It's like, the design looked like, like, Susan kind of works out, but I really appreciate where Sarah took this character. I mean, Sarah went balls to the wall to get ahead of the game, you know?
3: Boo! I'm booing you for the balls to the walls thing.
0: But you got the head part, right? Yep. Mm hmm. <laughs> yeah, but I I it's sad we don't get to see much more. Especially when she gets tricked by Tamayo to invoke
3: Oh god, that scene is so unnerving.
0: Oh yeah, that unnerves you. <laughs> but ooh, not as but not as much as uh what uh the Mike Michael Jackson over there did to that uh that couple after the bachelor party. Oh my god, man. Well first off, I guess let's stop by saying that you introduced to him in episode seven because you know, short anime you gotta introduce maybe you made villain pretty early, who knows. But Kibutsuji's unnerving his own way, I mean, not always he looked like Michael Jackson, but the fact of the matter is that you would think Tadra would take the opportunity, but when you find out he has a family for some reason, I don't know if that's ever gonna be explained. It's like it's like I don't know how to describe it. It's just kind of weird because you also find out from a flashback of his that you see somebody else wearing Hadafuna earrings and you're probably thinking guess who if you've seen the show. But Greg kind of plays his character unnerving and very entertaining. Like, I don't, I, don't, I have, this is probably the first time I've ever heard Greg shoot in this, in any role really. He kind of has a better tone, like, I don't know. Babish from binging with Babish, to the point that like when he has to be demanding, it can really scare you because I know there was that scene where he he just pumps blood uh constant amount of bloods this one lady and she just melted to primordial ooze I guess. But there was also the scene in the uh, last episode where there this uh. What the fuck they call that? It's a puzzle or something like that? It's, you you know what I mean? Where they where this tea house kind of thing? and There's this a uh, lady playing the shamisen. You see this woman dressed oh. to them.
3: Yeah, that was so cool.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it was it was kind of interesting how Greg had to play like I guess two different sides to Kibutsuji because you know one for covered one for the. Want to assert his dominance, but Greg worked it really well, and I really wish I could watch a lot more Greg Tune Rolls. I mean, I. Wait, I own Megalo I forgot.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, he's Aragaki. Like, yeah, argawky. yeah. Uh, yeah uh, I know mean, when you said a lot more Greg Tune Rolls, but I, I had PTSD of Hero Mask, like, don't ever watch that.
0: <laughs> I've seen enough uh, masks one for one day, thank you very much.
3: Smoke
0: it. Well, yeah, I'm good to go, so... Uh,
3: I'll, I'll talk about Xander first as, uh, Yahaba. Uh, I actually didn't know that was Xander. <laughs> I was like, this guy sounds really cool, I wonder who it is, and then just never looked at the credits. Because I'm just too distracted by Sarah Ed Williams being there, because I love Sarah Ed Williams. Um, now, he was really great as this kind of, like, one off villain, and, uh, Sending Tanjiro on the uh, magical arrow ride. Um, I, my personal favorite is when Tanjiro gets the one that's gonna break his arm, and he just spins himself the other way. I'm like, that's Superman turning the Earth back in time. Levels of bullshit. Um, that's not how that works. <laughs> Fuck you, show. Um, <laughs> but I thought he was he was pretty delightful. Uh, Sarah Williams. I love Sarah Williams. Uh, I love her. I love batshit crazy, Sarah. And that is what she brought to uh, Susamaru. Um, she is aggressive. She is rumbly. She is feral. I am here for it. But that moment of absolute break chaos and crying like a child when she gets killed because she fucked up and you can hear how her voice switches from feral to fuck. Yep. Um, just her being mm-hmm. like, please, no, I didn't mean to do it. And it's so good. And I love that a lot of the demons get to have that moment. And and a lot of their actors absolutely excel at it. And then the hands come from her mouth.
0: Oh, man.
3: <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah, that's right. That does happen in this part of the show. And that's what I, I, I genuinely think my favorite parts of Demon Slayer are the first 10 episodes of the show. and And that is like the chef's kiss moment right there where... She gets her kind of head. She, it comes out, like, what was it? Do all three of them come out of her mouth?
0: Yeah, no, no. Two of them came out of her chest.
3: Yeah, like, one comes out of her stomach, one comes out of her chest, and one comes out of her mouth. And she's, like, gagging. And you can hear Sarah gagging on her own spit for this. Because she's obviously got to say this stuff. I suck my own fingers in my mouth to, to achieve that. Oh, that's disgusting.
0: Do not try um, that at home.
3: Please do not do that at home. My fingers taste disgusting. Um, and this ain't Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, but, and then when her hand is just left, and you hear Sarah play that really scared little girl who's just like, play with me, and you're just like, oh, I'm sad now. And then let's talk about Greg Toon, California's most underrated actor. Um, I fucking love Greg Choon. Um, I always sing his praises and stuff. He has a fucking range on him. He is so good at playing older characters. And to play uh, uh, Kibutsuji, who, frankly, let's be real, I didn't have- When I knew this was a Union dub, you know who I thought this character was going to be played by? Who? I thought this was some Crispin Freeman level shit. I was expecting Crispin Freeman. I was like- Let's get that free hand, boys. And then it wasn't. <laughs> so I was pleasantly surprised. And that moment where he uh, he gets knocked by the guy who calls him like he looks like he's frail. And you just hear him go, do I look like I'm on the edge of death to you? Do I look pale? And you just hear him becoming like unhinged in rapid suggestion. It, it reminded me a lot of... Of why I liked Z.C. Douglas as uh, Kira and JoJo's. Who has this... He has to have this level of being a normal person as a facade to people. But clearly there's something unhinged in there. Because remember, when Tanjiro finds him the first time and is gonna go for the kill, he can't because his family's there, but you see uh, him turn somebody into a demon. Um... And you're just like, oh, oh, well, fuck. And then he kills those people. He literally makes somebody into, like, Kellen, he just makes somebody into goo.
0: Yeah. He's like,
3: how much, w- if I put all of my blood into, into a continuous flow, what do you think that would happen? And, you j- and he just has this level of, like, vile and venom where it's like, you can see why he's scary and why that, and why also he is... He kind of plays into the whole Rui thing where his bonds with people are not built off of because he genuinely wants them around, but because he controls them with fear and um fear and praise. And that scene in the last episode where um I actually thought they were gonna get a female voice act for her. This is again, I didn't watch past like episode 14 in the sub because of uh, another actor's performance in the subtitle version. But where uh, it's got the very deep male voice coming out of the female body is just some chef's kiss level. And I wanna give a shout out to I believe it's Landon McDonald. Yep, yeah. Who plays the, the one lower Kizuki that survives.
0: Yeah, the lower one, yeah.
3: The only one that survives, and he those two just worked off each other fantastically in that moment, so.
1: Yeah. Uh where to start. I um, like Xander yeah Yahaba uh, he just they, they, he, he is a good fight scene uh, he was just a nice good like s- wily antagonist um, it's also been a while since I've seen this part of the show so I don't I don't know too much in depth to say I did like him uh, I, 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 I especially I liked him up until the end where he's kind of like just cursing Tanjiro, it's like I'll at' least take you out with me I didn't Shit. He just, burn, he just burns up in the sun. Um, just a good, good, strong performance. Uh, Sarah Williams is a lot of fun. She's just so like punchy and antagonistic, um, and just you know, she just does look good, like you know, villainous henchman out to come kill you thing, uh, until things stop being fun for her. Uh, and she is so she she just sells like just the level of terror in Sasumaru and just how she knows how badly she is screwed up. And if she has any chance of surviving, she needs to do something about it real quick. But it turns out it's not enough. Uh, it's just it's it's both like well done and Nelson just kind of uncomfortable because that's I think the first time you really see that like, oh, this isn't a fun boss lackey relationship. This oh I see I see what I see how this goes now okay.
4: Hmm.
1: Well, uh, and. I I think I mean, I think at this point you've seen the bit where uh, you've seen Muzin in the alleyway, so you already know that like for all his like nice clothing and sort of sophisticated way of speaking, he is like you. you will commit horrible acts of violence if you cry. if you bump into him in an alley, he will murder you on the spot. <laughs> um, I think uh, and I think uh, to turn to Greg chin's performance, I think he just he plays his character really well. I thought like. Uh, you know, when you first see him and he's he's hanging out with his family, and he just, he seems so normal. And there's there's a little something sinister in there, but he mostly just seems like it's it's some nicely dressed guy. And he seems fancy, and he's there with his family, and he's just gonna turn someone into a demon and leave. And there we go. And then, you know, the next episode, you see him just, like, murder three people in an alley and just be, kind of just, oh. Oh, okay. So that's, so that's why you're the bad guy. Oh well this doesn't bode well for anybody um guys like Greg, i like dragged a lot like i was excited when i found out that he was going to be playing this character and i think he's just been nailing it he does a great job just playing all the aspects of this character i can't wait till we get further on where he's a little you know to more stuff with him in it because uh, he's not he's not one of these uh, male uh, main villains who shows up a lot they kind of dole him out At least as far as I've seen, and uh, I'm looking forward to hearing him more in future seasons because he's great. Ooh! All right, come on, Jared. It's the home stretch. Stay awake. Stay awake. We can do it, fam. Well, well, we should be able to do it because now we get to the loud portion of the episode. Do we just want to group all four of these together to kind of? Why not? Why not? not? I mean, they're all the leads. Let's let's get let's get to our four leads. One of them barely talks, so may as well. Let's get to our leads. The demon slayers and demon for whom we are all following. Uh, we have Tanjiro Kamado. He's a nice boy. He used to sell charcoal. Now he kills monsters for a living. It's a living. We have his sister Nezuko Kamado. She used to be a nice girl. Then she got turned into a demon, and she can kick people's heads off as she does repeatedly throughout this entire
3: show. But my wife, my but my but my soft uwu waifu. Why can't I waifu her? You see, this is funny. Because, see, you know how I was talking.
1: All the people who want to be soft and like, I know there are people who want her to be soft and uwu The show does not give a shit. <laughs> nope. <laughs> That's where you're wrong. Uh, and they have two friends who are hanging around. One of them is Zenitsu, Aka- a- Zenitsu agutsuma Zenitsu Agatsuma. He is a coward. Mm-hmm. He is as he is as yellow as his hair is. He does not want to be here. He is he is trying so hard to live up to the this this promise he has made to himself. He is so poorly suited to it. He's so bad at it. The only time he's a good fighter is when he passes out and is unconscious. People have a love-or-hate relationship with this character, as you might have guessed. Uh and then we get to the other one, Inosuke Hashibira. <laughs> According to him, he was raised by pigs and he walks around with a badly taxidermied boar's head on his head. Uh, Mostly to hide the fact that he is literally as gorgeous as like a Rumiko Takahashi character. It's a little unsettling, (laughs) frankly. He is so pretty.
3: I think the exact wording that Tanjiro uses is that your face has a nice shape. It's very feminine. Yeah. (laughs) Tanjiro's just like you have a very girlish face and face it's quite nice (laughs) just that it just the the sound of tondra just like as as a matter of fact let me state this in the most awkward way possible because this is a shounen fighting anime and i'm not allowed to have regularly spoken dialogue
1: (laughs) uh uh, he he is very pretty, and he is also just weird and crass, and was clearly not raised by actual people. Uh, yeah, he was definitely raised by wild animals. My favorite part is when he sees the train and he assumes it must be some. He comes, him and Tanjiro come to the conclusion that it must be some sort of spirit god from the area. Yeah, and so <laughs> he's just they're, like, they're "It's both... a fucking train." I I just love that there's just a separation of like Zenitsu for all his problems has at least been to a city in his life and these two are just such bumpkins that modern technology still allows them.
3: Zenitsu is the girl in like that movie where like the country horse girl goes to New York City for the first time and they're confused by the subway and Zenitsu's like I don't fucking know these people. (laughs) (laughs) I think doesn't Inosuke also just try to fight the train? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, And then the cops are like what the are you guys doing? Why do you have swords?
2: No, that, no, that, no, my favorite thing for De- where Zinito's De- De- like, look, you can't take the swords on a train. So Inosuke's De- like, oh, no. In- Inosuke's like, oh, I'm smart. And he just puts the swords on his back.
3: <laughs> Inosuke, oh, I am so smart. Oh, I am so smart. SMRT. I mean, SMART.
1: Just, just a true galaxy brain decision right there. Yeah, uh, boy. playing these delightful characters. Tanjiro is played by Zach Aguilar. You know for a lot of things, but uh, you you might know him for playing uh, Koichi in uh, Diamond is Unbreakable. Uh, Nezuko is played by Abby Trott. You might know for playing Ichi, Mizato in Mob Psycho 100. Uh, Zenitsu is uh, is played by Alex Lee. Uh, He might know for playing Mario in Golden Wind. And Inosuke is played by Bryce Pappenbrook, you might know for a lot of things. Many of them are very obvious, but I'm going to highlight the fact that he was a weedy-bitty baby. He plays young Bash the Stampede in, like, two scenes in Trigun.
2: Uh, oh, wow, he's... that was, like, forever
1: ago. <laughs> oh, yeah, I mean, I think his voice acting career is that, and then there's a long gap until he was actually something resembling an adult. I'm pretty sure he was only there, because his... I'm sure I'm sure it was just like, hey, we need a kid from the scene. Hey, Bob, you got a kid? <laughs> Can you, like, come in here for 10 minutes and dump something? Oh, what, Bryce? Yeah, sure, he'd love that. He loves cartoons.
3: God, I just. You know what that reminds me of? And it's a story I would want to tell on the actual, like, episode that if we ever get the Digimon Adventure dub, like, off the ground about.
1: Uh-huh.
3: Is, um, uh, so back sometime in, like, uh, I think it was maybe March, February, March or something. Whatever the anniversary of, like, the first day that Digimon ever aired. Uh, if you don't know, if you hadn't guessed by the um, top, what I was talking about League of Legends earlier, is I like League of Legends a lot. And I like to watch the professional scene. So when the Digimon anniversary day came out, um, one of the hosts, whose name is Quickshot, goes, uh, happy something anniversary to Digimon, an old favorite of mine growing up. Uh, Ender, who is. The guy casting with him, uh, whose name is Chrissy Ferguson, uh, was a fetus during that. So he comes, to Chrissy he comes back on uh, on him and goes, "I was too, and my dad's in this dub." And he's like, "And my dad was in that show." <laughs> and it's like, and Quickshot's like, "What the fuck?" Turns out his dad was Datamon. Oh wow! <laughs> and I thought that was the funniest fucking exchange in my life. Wow. And I don't know why, just that that idea of Bryce. Uh, price to, to which i i i i think i've sent my discord it is um there's a really amazing skit that the uh, european uh, league of legends scenes did where uh they did their uh table they did their uh their teams like racing for the playoffs as a dungeons and dragons skit mm-hmm. and um the guy who's like my dad was in digimon uh is in a full lion costume and he looks over to the other guys and goes, you guys told me we were going to dress up. Fuck this. <laughs> it's a it's a really great skit, and I'll have to send it to you guys, but sorry, Abba, just that was a weird thing that reminded me of that, so.
1: <laughs> no worries. Um, Jet, would you like to start us off?
2: Um, sure. I will start with uh, Trot and Zezico, because uh, if we're being really honest here, there isn't like, too, too much to say about the performance. As lot of it, a lot of it, like, a, lot of it is, a lot of it is mostly grunts. And while that is, <laughs> while that is a very underappreciated skill, because like that is definitely a lot harder to do than people would assume it is. Um, uh, it, uh, they're, uh, they're so not by a whole lot of like actual lines. I, uh, about the most we hear her actually speak in episode one, where she's like so, with the rest of her family before they all get slaughtered. And, and I thought that Abby did a very good job of uh, you know, making Nezuko scene very sweet and unassuming in that scene. <laughs> and I also kind of and I also kind of like the contrast between her doing that and like her in episode nineteen where she's like ch- uh, where she's like helping Tanjiro and like chanting out an attack name. I thought that was pretty cool. Uh I wish Nezuko had like more actual lines, but like for what Abby Trot does have, I think she's handling the character pretty well. So I, I mean, I, I, I mean, I do have, like, a whole bunch of, like, conflicting thoughts about, like, how much agency Dezigo has on the show, but I think she... So I think, ultimately, she has, like, just enough that it's not, like, super frustrating, but I do wish she actually did get to talk. It is kind of weird that she doesn't get to talk at all. I, that's kind of a very annoying decision on the show's part, but it is what it is, I guess. And so again, for, like, what she had, I thought Amitron did a pretty uh, solid job here. Um... And so uh, before we even get into like the next two actors, uh, again, I find this is a a thing I kind of say a little too often, but like, okay, but in this case, I actually am very sincere when I say this. Like, uh, uh, again, it's it's one of those things where like, you really do kind of have to appreciate the amount of work like actors really put into their job. And because because it can be a really difficult job and like it can be very straining, and I say that because, like, I honestly do not know how, like, these two actors' vocal cords menace to survive the performances, like, it is honestly really impressive that they managed to survive this. Uh, uh so, uh, starting off with Bryce, Papenbrook and Brooke as Inosuke, uh, I'll admit that when I was uh, putting together an ideal cast list in my head for this show, I was actually kind of hoping that Bryce wouldn't be Inosuke, that they maybe opt for, like, maybe Ben Diskin or something. And not because I didn't think Bryce could handle the role, but because I felt like I could see it a little too easily at first. I knew that this was a Yurti know, Do Matsuoka performance initially, and Bryce and Zoom tend to pair Bryce off in his roles pretty much all the time, so it seemed like a safe choice. And then when Bryce was confirmed to be Was confirmed to me in you know, Osuke and any internet proceeded to lose their minds, claiming that, oh, the dub is ruined now! Uh, my chance, uh, chance kind of changed a bit because... I know Bryce is a pretty talented actor, and, uh, and I knew right away that people were like severely underestimating how well he could do the job. And then after a couple of months, Inosuke finally debuted in the dub, and I don't think anyone was really quite prepared for what we actually ended up getting. And uh, For the second SK first appears on screen, there's just this weird, feral entity to Bryson's performance that just kind of immediately drew me in. And the rest he gives off just kind of immediately put to bed any fear that he didn't have the quote-unquote right range for Inosuke. I don't think i especially get a kick out of Bryce's Inosuke during the first couple of episodes he debuted, because specifically the very crazy, feral laughter he pulled off whenever Inosuke was in the middle of a fight made the character sound almost psychotic, And in addition to being very fun to listen to, it also helped it... It was also very helpful in making it very hard to determine if Inosuke was a friend or a foe, which is definitely Tadro's perspective at the time. And that feral energy kind of, kind of remains even when Inosuke is going totally off the rails. And Bryce's delivery when Inosuke was, like, attempting to attack Nezuko was honestly kind of terrifying. Uh, but for as much as uh, Bryce plays up plays up uh, Inosuke's very feral side, uh, you would think the performance would get less fun once we know Inosuke's a good guy, but, but no. Uh, even when he starts hanging around Todd there's this almost stupid level of cockiness in Bryce's Inosuke that just kind of makes him pretty funny to listen to. I wonder if he's just vowing to take down Tajiro or very badly mangling his name, there's really much never a dull mo- moment with him. And I also appreciate that even when the spider art goes down and Bryce and Inosuke ends up getting beaten to a bloody pulp, uh, Bryce actually manages to get across how erect Inosuke's lungs got and his voice ends up dropping to what's probably the deepest I've ever heard him go and it's actually pretty impressive. Uh, but I think what I love both about the performance and the character, though, is that for as much of a wild child as Inosuke is, I also know that he's pretty much sincere in basically everything he does, and there's something very weirdly comforting about that. And it ends up making Inosuke one of, if probably not the most endearing member of the main group for me. And I feel like uh, Bryce got that across really well, and it seemed like he was definitely having a lot of fun with his character. Um, it's simply not a casting choice I was super sure about at first, but I actually think it's one of my favorite performances in the dub. And not only is it one of my favorite performances, I think it is probably my favorite, my new favorite Bryce roll. I didn't think anything was going to be that season's a for me, even though I know people don't like that one. But, like, I do, and I like this more. So, it's good. And, uh, moving on to Alexis Lee and Zenitsu. Uh, in a lot of ways, I can definitely see this being one of the more of the divisive performances in the dub and being a very divisive character in general. It de- you're definitely going to love him or hate him with very little in between. Thankfully, I lean very much towards the love camp, and I really like the lesson's please take on him. Uh, at first, two can be kind of loud and annoying, and when I say kind of loud and annoying, I mean, he literally screams 80% of his lies in any given episode. I've this sort of thing can get very grating fast, and I'll admit that while I did eventually warm up to Hiro Shimamoto's performance in Japanese, it definitely took a so, it definitely took a pretty long time to win me over. In comparison, I think I actually got that with Alexis Lee 2 pretty much right from the get go, and that while it is very loud and obnoxious in a way that's similar to uh, Hiro Shimamoto's performance, and there's also something about the way that Alexis handles all of Zenitsu's whining that makes him sound pretty much hilarious. And, well, it might just be because I have a much easier time understanding what the character was, go- what it was going for with the character. I definitely got a lot more laughs out of his antics than I did watching the show in Japanese. And listening to all the weird loud noises he has to make just really, again, made me wonder how the heck Alexis' vocal cords actually managed to, su- managed to survive recording the show. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, I pretty. I think he actually does have some clips of his recordings up online and they're pretty fun to listen to, so uh, you definitely should if you get the chance. And I, uh, uh, and I also like that uh, for his Masenitute can be very whiny. He can also kind of be the normal one compared to Tazuro and Inosuke sometimes. And like his before performance can okay if we get across a very good snark. Uh, again, like with uh, Megan and Mom were saying in the very last episode where Tazuro and Inosuke are both convinced the Train is just some kind of powerful spirit and Zenitute is kind of sitting there wondering what the heck is wrong with them. And that whole bit was pretty funny. But, uh, but the most endearing thing about the performance and Zunitsu as a character is that for all the screaming and whining he does, he's also a guy who acknowledges that he's in way over his head a lot of the time. And he doesn't really feel like he's kind of earned the right to be where he's at, and I can definitely relate a bit to that. And unless it's in Zunitsu's uh, very few quiet moments, uh, he gets them across really well. And, uh, he does a really great job of making a lot of, uh, Zenitsu's dance and fears feel very believable. And it's especially, uh, true during Zenitsu's fight with, uh, Darkseff and Princess Spider character. And while I didn't quite get what Zenitsu's character was supposed to be up until that point, uh, seeing his backstory and how much he wanted to live up to his master's expectations despite kind of knowing how much of a loser he is, And uh, that whole thing kind of endeared, did, endeared me to Zenitu finally. And, uh, so, and it, it definitely made a lot of his previously annoying antics a lot funnier what that kinda do what kind of dance he was hiding behind them. And while Inosuke is still kind of my best boy for this show because it's Inosuke, the N2 is a very close second for me, and as problematic as he may be, he's still a very good boy and hey, if nothing else he's not banana. So there's
1: always
3: that up but up up
1: Speaking speaking of bars they're nailed to the floor. <laughs>
2: Uh, and uh, last but not least, uh, Zach Aguilar and uh, So I've been following Zach Aguilar's work ever since he debuted at Slated now Noah Zero. While it doesn't always knock things out of the park, he's usually very consistent, if nothing else. And when I saw with as here, I knew the world would be in pretty good hands. And uh, sure enough, his performance at Sajiro basically hits every beat it needs to. Hey, he can sound soft-spoken and well-mannered, making Tazaro come off as, you know, a little more respectful and gentle than, his, than your typical Shonen protagonist. I right, while well, he isn't like Deku's level of good boy, he's still a very nice young man, and I'd probably adopt him in as <laughs> <laughs> uh, Zach's performance can definitely be pretty funny where it needs to be, and again, I got a pretty good chuckle out of that whole bit where he's... It's with to over whether or not Nezuko is pretty, or, you know, just be, basically any time he tries to sidestep to and you know it's his case, uh, antics since he can often feel like he has to be the adult in the room, and it just just like uh, just like the way he plays it. He plays Tajoro's first reaction to meeting Denitsu too, where Denny just on the road harassing some poor woman into marrying him, and and just has to look like what the heck are you doing? <laughs> <laughs> and and of course um, and of course, uh, while Zach can be very dramatic where he needs to be too. Uh like in the very first episode where Tazuro was kind of pleading with Giyu not to kill Nezuko or when he started to stop Rui from abusing her. And while again I have my issues with how treated treated treating treated in general, at the very least I do feel like Zach's performance definitely does a very good job of making their bond feel very believable. I never really had too much trouble by how much uh, Tazuro is willing to go through to save her. And I think it's a very well-rounded performance that I don't have too many major nitpicks about. But if I had one, I think uh, it's that while Zach Believer is a very good performance, it always feels like it's maybe a couple, of steps short, a couple of steps short away from being a really great one. His delivery is always solid, but over the course of the season, I can't think of any moments that particularly wowed me in the same way as, say, Alexis Lee or uh, Bryce Bappenbrook did i know always feel like his performance is just strong enough and that it always gets the job done every time, but there are at least a couple of scenes where I want to see him maybe push things a little more in the same way, say, Justin Browner does in his performance as Deku. And while this could just be maybe an issue of vocal direction more than anything, I do feel like there's maybe a little more that that could have pulled out of the performance than what we actually got. And while I don't think his Tajiro is like a notable downgrade from what Nasuke Haide was doing by any means, I still think that uh, between the two I maybe prefer the latter a little more. Uh, but uh, still, I thought the task performance was very solid and uh, since we're about to get more of the show going forward, I'm sure he'll have plenty more opportunities to like really pick up the performance. And uh, if the rest of the manga material is good, uh, hopefully he will get the chance.
1: And I guess that's it. Alright. Uh, Jamal?
0: Uh, I guess I'll start with Abitra's Desico. Uh well, I, as Jet pointed out, there's not really much to Nesco's voice. Like you hear it in episode one, and again, it actually in the flashback in episode two, I think, in episode fourteen, I want to say it was. No, no, it was seventeen. Uh, when she su- starts to summon, no, it was nineteen when she starts to summon her blood demon on. It's kind, it's, it's kind of. I mean, I know, I I know that. Part of appears appeal is that, you know, she has to be muzzled to, I guess, to restrain her from uh, becoming de- a demonic foley, you know, because she still has some belief, some hope in Tanjiro, but you don't, you don't really hear her talk as much. And for what you do hear, cause Abby has to kind of emote it with Desco's uh, grunts when she's muzzled, and... I really like the voice she uses for Nezuko, even if we don't get to hear a lot of it. But what she emotes in demon form is it, very interesting because, you know, like, you kind of feel for her, not just because of the character That like you really kind of feel for Nezuko. You really hope the title succeeds in this mission. And it's kind of interesting, though, because with Amitra, she also plays two other characters in the show, Uh, one being the hand, the hand demon's little brother and, uh, Ironically enough, uh, Zenitsu Sparrow, if you will.
3: Chutaro is the best boy. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Chutaro sounds like Togepi for Pokemon, though.
3: Bless Chutaro's heart.
2: Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, I appreciate that Chutaro is just very much willing to tell Zen- to like, yes, you actually suck. Get it together.
0: Yeah, yeah, it kind of sucks that you had to put up with uh, Zenitsu, to which. I would I would admit when I started to re we watch uh Zen was my least favorite character because of his acting. like they are kinda of personally great on me. Because you see him come off as a crybaby playboy, like he's like he's like he's he's not ready to die yet, but you know he's good he's back to the corner but he's try he wants to put his best foot forward but he's awfully clingy, like at one point you kinda of see him. Cling on to a little boy he's trying to protect, and the boy calls him out on that. That was a uh, dirty uh, Suzumi mansion. Uh to the point where he gets so terrified he just starts blacking out, and uh, he wakes up and thinks that, that the boy he's protecting helped defeat the demon, where it really was him the whole time, to which they really kind of need to explain that aspect a little more. Because I don't understand exactly what was going on. Because there was two sides to Zenitsu. But in the very case. I, I'm slowly starting to come around. in, in character a bit. And that was because of the of two moments. One when he's de- uh, defending a Tajiro's box. That has Nezuko from Inosuke. And the other is where he takes out the spider demon because those were like some moments of badass week to the point I was surprised how much clarity he started having towards the end of the season. And Alex Lee did a amazing job just playing this character because I know for one thing yeah a lot of people said that he's really annoying in the sub but it is Hiro Shimona who believe it or not plays Toucan in Africa salary man we all know how much I want to put that fucking character in the sun.
3: Fun fact, he also
0: sings the opening to Africa Salary Man. I know, <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah. I believe Lion sings the ending, but that's for another day. But, you know, Alex did very well to match the energy. Well, but not match the realism too much, because there was a video I sent Jet the other day where uh, he reenacted uh, episode 27. Like, they, he showed behind the scenes of episode 27. I think 25 26, where, where pretty much the new two just loses it and drags both Yosuke and Tadro out to the front. And uh, he kind of yells at a pitch so high to the point it kind of reminded me of uh, uh, you've listened to System of a Down, right? Yeah, you know, the screaming sections in BYOB. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was to that point, so I'm surprised. How his vocals were not tread, especially when I found out the man was in an accident at one point. I mean, that is some really strong vocals coming from him, and I'm, I'm very impressed with what he can do, and I can't wait to see more of what he does. Speaking of impressive, Bryce uh, is in those Well, for what I expect to see a pork belly with a six pack in this show, but hey, here we are. No one pork
3: belly, fuck. I mean, <laughs> the actual food, not the character.
0: I mean, Oskate can be a bit pig-headed at times. I mean, the man is like the toughness of 30 to 50 feral hogs. Jesus Christ, I've never seen a man so goddamn flexible. But
3: (laughs) but He's like Marilyn Manson. He can suck his own dick.
0: (laughs) Uh, He should try and bring home the bacon. though. (laughs) But, for what Bryce had to deal with, because... I I think Jay you had mentioned this too that you think that is, is Rose is as Eren Erin and Takara on Titan kinda of prepared him for this. And I think you might be right, but this is also kind of a different yelling too because you know like 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 uh like with uh what the fuck was the name? Like with Rengoku, he's kinda of gung ho about everything. Like you even hear about how he gets into final selection to which that was the two lines I was talking about earlier in the show. Uh, one being, anything you can do, I can do too. I thought you were going to say, anything you can do, I can do better, which would really kind of cement that gung aspect of know Escape. Also the other line, because I thought this was a typo, during Final Selection, they, they, congrac- they said they congratulated the five people who survived the exam, and I had to count. I thought that was an error, I didn't see five people, I saw four people. It turns out you find out Inosuke was the only person that ran up the mountain, then you ran down the mountain, somehow surviving <laughs> the final exam.
3: For fun. <laughs> For fun! <laughs> because child being a child soldier is every everyone's ideal summer vacation.
0: Oh, um, if I if I hadn't put on close caption I never would have caught that, but it was kind of impressive, I mean yeah, but Bryce really had to go there with his focal cords. I think to the point I would be surprised if Cub W's time, that no one gives him the golden ham, you know?
3: Uh,
2: he, uh he's definitely very much a golden ham contender for me right now.
0: So well, is uh, Alex he, in my mind, but... I mean, he's probably gonna need it after Tanjiro tenderizing his ribs so hard he just fe- the meat fell off the bone. Fuck. It's a good <laughs> thing he had some spare ribs. Uh. <laughs> Wait, one more. What do you think his favorite brand of meat is?
3: (sighs) What is it, Jamal?
0: Boar's head. (sighs) Sorry, I just had to. That's all my jokes, that's all I've got. But in all seriousness, Bryce was very impressive. This is Bryce I've never heard before. And now we get to pretty much the main character of this show Zach is Tanjiro. Uh, Zack is Tanjiro, I'll, I'll be honest, before when this dub was announced, I thought to myself, well, maybe it's probably going to be Alejandro Sab, because I could kind of see Alejandro Sab in this role, but when I heard it was Zack, I, I wasn't too sure what to think, I wasn't keen on his voice in the beginning, because, you know, he was a little younger than before the time skip, but I, his voice, it really clicked with me after the time skip, but yeah, I forgot he was also in JoJo's, so and that kind of clicked for me. So i know I know some people kinda had some reservations about this, but I think it worked pretty well. At least for the character design. And he also had his moments too, especially with the uh, the big episode, episode nineteen. Where that was kinda touching in his own way. But, you know Zack had to deal with every aspect of Tajiro's life, like from his ups and his downs to just fighting for what he believes in because, you know, at this point Tadros kinda of anti here. He just wants to turn his sister back and who knows where things will go from there. And I'm interested to see where things go from here. I mean, Zach's not a person I talk about often, but you know when you do, it's either it's either impressive or polarizing, but you know, your mileage may vary and that's all I really have to say.
3: Uh, I'll take over from here. So, uh, Abby as Nezuko was cute and ferocious when it needed to be. I give a lot of credit to actors who have to play characters who don't, uh, who have vocalizations but don't get to form words. Um, I know back when we did Fate Apocrypha, God knows how many moons ago, uh, that's a big praise I gave to Sarah Williams as Fran. So, I want to give that to Abby here. I thought she did really well in episode 19. Uh, also, good job to Abby for doing all of those bird chirping noises. Yeah. <laughs> um, they were absolutely adorable. Uh, I want to talk about Bryce next, because I think that a lot of people unfairly gave Bryce shit for being yeah. cast as a Um mm-hmm. it, I, I want to say this, just because an actor has a distinct voice does not mean they are a bad actor. Exactly. Like, like please understand that, because there are a lot of seiyuu who have very distinct voices. Uh, Junichi Suwabe is somebody I can point out in every goddamn fucking anime he's in. And I love him to death. Um, you can pretty much find Mom Rumiano pretty easily. He's got a great voice. Um, Aoi Shoda, another actor I really like, has a great voice. Uh, I can pick him out in shows. Um, it's funnier when I point him out in live action things because I laugh my ass off. Um.
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's basically God in, uh, Galandazor.
3: <laughs> God bless. Um, but I think Bryce does a really great job in this. I only had one actual issue with him and the performance. There was one point where I think he fell completely flat acting. And that is at the end of episode 16, I believe it is? Uh, where he's like, where he has this realization about why Tanjiro fights like he does. I just thought that was absolutely flat acting. Um, it was just like, I know Kate's hurt, just something about it comes off very much as oh god, I have to do this really big like character-like moment realization dump in this moment, and it just didn't work for me. Uh, but otherwise, I I like a lot of uh, the growly and the grunting and the roughness that he has. I think that he was a good pick for this. I honestly don't really know who who else could have really done this. It's a lot like, even if you don't like it, I would like to, I dare you to name an actor who you think would do better in this role that's out in California. Like, it's a lot like Jessica Calvello as Hajime in um in uh, Crowds. It's it doesn't work for everybody, no, but could you find somebody else to match that energy and who has the the vocal register for that? And yes, I think it's really funny that like both in the sub and the dub that they're both played by the same guy who plays Kirito. I think that's hysterical. Yes. And that's why I knew this was happening. Like I'm like that's what's going to happen because of the sub. And I, and I think it works. I think it, Bryce is a lot of fun in this. I think that Bryce does a really good job. I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite Bryce of the last couple of years. Um, I don't necessarily know if I have a favorite Bryce Papenbrook performance. Like, I like him a lot as an actor. I just don't have a favorite character. Or, a, like, a personal favorite performance of his. Um... It would help if I watched a lot more shows that he's in because he also does a lot of stuff that like I don't necessarily like except for like, there's one show that's airing right now that I'm super interested to hear him in but I'm not saying what it is. Um, I want to talk about Alex because Alex Lee is a voice actor that should be ever on everybody's register right now. Um, He is a phenomenal two. I think he is actively better than Hiro Shinamoto. I could not stand Hiro Shinamoto as two, and I say this as somebody who is a religious Udabri fan. It's not like I'm not used to hearing Hironomoto's voice on the regular. Um like I'm used to it more than like most other people are. Um there are very 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 few like sub performances that I think are genuinely ear and that's one of them. Alex, it can get ear-grating. But like one of the biggest tests I have for a dub is how much I can sit somebody who doesn't watch a lot of anime in the room and have them deal with the character like this. Uh, my mom finds Zenitsu to be hilarious. Like, she would pop <laughs> in and out of me watching this, and I want to tell you this. If I watch, like, Black Clover, she gets pissed off. She hates hearing Dallas scream as Asta. She could put up with Zenitsu screaming, uh, Alex's Zenitsu screaming, and not bad at eye. Um, But to me, I think that, uh, it, and one of the things is, I really want to compliment uh, Steve Staley on this is for directing both Bryce and Alex in a way that neither gentleman hurt themselves. Um, mm. That's a big thing, that a lot of voice actors accidentally hurt themselves in the booth uh, doing this type of stuff, and it's incredibly damaging to their careers. So a big prop to the team behind the, the, behind the actors to, to have them act in a way that wouldn't hurt themselves, especially learning that Alex had been in a car accident probably while he had been recording this. Yeah. Um so yeah. I'm hoping you're doing better dude. Uh but I think to me Alex really gets Zenitsu the best. Not in that Zenitsu screaming, but when Zenitsu speaks softly about how much he hates himself. Um I absolute and the reason I absolutely defend Zenitsu as a character is that he is self-aware of his negative traits and hates himself for it. <laughs> like and people are like, oh, he's a simp like Manetta. No, no, Manetta no. has no. Manetta has. Manetta. Ha- I hate the way I use the term simp right there too. I hate.
2: Yeah, don't f- compare it to Manetta. Yeah,
3: Manetta has zero self worth about his self like realization about his negative traits and thinks it's funny, and like he hasn't really felt the repercussions for his bullshit. Like, like Zenitsu straight up starts his story with. I was tricked by someone who said they were going to marry me and extorted me for money and ran off with someone else. I had that that taken on by another person. But he feels so worthless and awful because he's trying to be better, but he can't do it because of all of his hangups. And also be shout out to Alejandro Sa for being his asshole, the asshole other guy getting trained by his master. And I kind of can't wait to see because I know that character comes back. Um... Also, shout out to Alex and Alejandro doing the It's the Wicked Wits of the East bro meme as the two of them. <laughs> that is like the funniest <laughs> I fucking lost my shit going. Grow up, bro! Alex you do- doing that shit. Um But it's when he's talking to his master, and his master is talking about how uh you can pound out a blade's impurities if you keep working at it.
0: Yeah. And
3: just Alex's tone of voice where it's You can tell that he's reserved himself to loving this person, but how much the pain of being hit around and dragged through and dragged back to this has worn on him where he just goes, but I'm not made of steel. And that absolutely, like, sealed it for- yeah, I like Zenitsu a lot. He is more than just a pile of screaming, kind of, like, horny bullshit. And- the only issue I have particularly with Sunitsu and uh, Inosuke is I don't like the the mansion arc very well. I don't think it balances, like, the the inane amount of body horror that we just had with the kind of body horror that's going on, but also the influx of, like, a lot of comedy. I was just like, okay, this arc kind of drags. Just cut that out, go straight to spiders. Um, but let's talk about Zaka's Um He never at least in this season, Zack has never excelled. And I think that Justin Briner as Deku is a great example of this. He hasn't gotten to that place where I associate him being Tanjiro. It's... I can't go back and watch My Hero in Japanese because, to me, Justin Briner as Deku. Justin Briner has encapsulated that character so much through his performance, but he's also had the advantage of playing uh, Deku for four years at this point. Um but even when Justin was starting out um, uh, as Deku I was a lot more on board with it than I was as Zack as Tanjiro, and I don't know if it's because I believe Demon Slayer started airing right after JoJo's Part 4 did. Like that sounds right. Yeah, I think they were back October, to back other. E- yeah, they were like back to back with each other. And I love Zack to death as Koichi. Like I think Koichi is probably one of my favorite performances of him and I know that he can do really great things. I will always stand behind that his performance as Nikaido in March Comes in like a Lion is phenomenal. But it's like Jet said, Zaka does a really good, solid job in this, but he never had that standout moment. And even when you get to the, the, the so-called greatest episode in anime, which is the Hinokami episode, which if you weren't watching that as it aired, it kind of gets degraded months after viewing, knowing what happens next, because they just kind of shit on their moment, where it's yeah. like, yay, yeah, they get this huge win. No, they fucking did it, and Gyu has to get the final kill. But you're like, well, fuck. Uh, I thought he could that could have been like the moment where like this is Tondoro's voice to me, and it just it was really good, but it just wasn't like the punch that I needed it to be. It's that it's that moment of this is a really good choice, this is really good casting, but it's that level of like sterility to me. It's just a little too sterile. And again, not a bad performance, not by any means, but it's not like God, let me see. So we haven't done an episode on this show yet, but there is a, I, to kind of give an example of this for a show where an actor hasn't played a character for a very long time, but they can get that punch moment. Episode two of It Invaded for Josh Greeley. Oh yeah. I'm sorry. No, episode three of It Invaded for Josh Greeley, where this character has this moment. And I remember when I genuinely, I finished that episode, I genuinely ran to everybody and was like, you guys need to fucking watch this. Like right the fuck now. Like this moment is one of the best of the year. It's January. Y'all need to fucking watch this like I should have run to Sa- I should have had that moment in my mo- in my opinion after episode uh maybe after episode 4 where Tanjiro kills the hand demon um that moment I do recommend to people not because of Zach's performance or Natsuki Hayane's performance I, again I'm a huge Natsuki Hayane fan but because the show is just the writing is impeccable from like a writing standpoint but I should have been able to do that from episode 19 and I wasn't able to but again I really like Zach as as Tanjiro but it's Maybe I'll get that moment where, like, I feel like, yeah, this is Zack at his best. This is the- this is what I was looking for in the movie or in eventual season two, but season one, it's really good, great, but not like, hell yeah, give me more. Also, stop asking if Tanjiro and- Tanjiro and Deku would fight each other. The answer is they wouldn't. They'd be good- (laughs) they'd be good green best friends. Ask if Bakuno and Inosuke- Bakugo and Inosuke would fight each other. That answer is yes.
1: Uh, they 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 would Bakugo would eventually get sick of it and then Inosuke would just fall him around demanding more fights. That's the that's <laughs> Which he would which he would eventually get because you'd annoy Bakugo so much that he would fight him again, even though he didn't want to. <laughs> uh but did you have anything else to say? No,
3: I'm good. You're good, man.
1: Alright. Uh we'll start off. Um I do like a as Nezuko. Uh, Nezuko does not say a lot as kind of dictated by the story. Uh but I do like I do like the bits where she does talk early on and i do think she does a good job of being able to voice this character who doesn't say anything she mostly is just kind of like grunts and sounds uh, but i do think she does a good job of playing that uh, which I, I agree with what megan said that's that's tricky to do sometimes and i think she did do a very commendable job doing that um inosuke <laughs> Sometimes I feel like part of Vice Prakenbook's entire career is that he got big playing Kirito and he's just on a mission to play as many not Kirito as he can. <laughs> just what's it's like I, I got famous playing bland toast. Who's not bland?
3: Technically last time he played Kirito he didn't have to play Kirito. <laughs> oh
1: <laughs> Ooh. But uh, I I'm really happy with how he plays Inosuke. I I was I, I think like there was like a clip going around when it was first announced of him just like at some point during like the uh, the Drum House arc where he's just running around yelling, uh, and it's like yeah yeah okay this I, I could see potential here. I'm looking forward to this, uh, and I think he he just does a good job of matching the just weird feralness of his character. Where the fact that he, like, appears to have literally been raised by animals is kind of a joke, but also, like, no, that's why he's like that. Like, he was raised by animals. Why would he know what a train is? Why would he wear a shirt? Animals don't wear shirts. And yet Uh, he wears pants. They do
3: in Beastars. (laughs) They did in Africa salary, man. All I know is that his mom, like, you get, I guess you get this, like, flashback scene where he thinks he's dying, where he sees his mom, like, push him off the cliff. And in the back of my mind, I just hear Deliver Us from fucking Prince of Egypt going on. Oh, boy. <laughs> Which, that's a deep-ass fucking cut for some people.
1: Uh, I, th- I think one of the moments that just kind of sort of solidified it was just the bit after they get out of the mansion, and I don't even remember what sets this off. He just bends over backwards and is like... Like, like laughing at Tanjiro between his legs, and it's like, "You're insane. You're a crazy person. What is wrong with you? What planet are you from?" Uh, I, I think, I think Bryce, Bryce just does that really well. He's, he, he, he commits to that part of the character, uh, and I think he's, he's just a lot of fun to listen to. Um, I also want to give a lot of praise to Alex. I think he he gets the quiet parts of Zenitsu really well. And I think, I, I, I'm not, I, don't, I have no insight into how Zenitsu came about. I part of me suspects that him and Inosuke were partially written because the author wanted, um, like Tanjiro to kind of like peers to act off of, uh, who actually have lines. Uh, and I, I kind of feel like he was maybe just written as like a weird comedy character first and then given a backstory. But I, I think Alex just nails that really well. You can see his like self-loathing and those quiet moments um, and he, he yeah he just he plays that really well he, ma- he makes you feel for the character. He makes him feel pathetic in kind of like the older sense of like just invoking pity uh, and he does that really well. But let's real here I'm gonna praise him because he's really funny when he's screaming all the time. Uh, the bit in episode like 25 when he like hauls you know Ske and Tantra out behind the house and is like yelling at them because like you get to play with girls all the time and you don't even care yeah. How dare you! How d- and he just absolutely flips his shit so goddamn hard. I think um, I think, of, I think what I'm thinking of I think um, I think the clip that I think Jamal mentioned earlier. I think uh, you can, if you go to Alex's uh, Twitter page. There's a video he posted recently of him like recording that scene in the
0: booth. Yeah.
1: Uh, and it's kind of it's kind of fun both seeing how like it's been edited together from a few takes and also just seeing like you know him in the booth just like having to just commit
0: to these incredibly over the top lines. And yet it got copyrighted. Um, <laughs>
1: Yeah, apparently he had, to, he had to take the original down because he used the actual, like, animation for uh, the show. No,
0: he wasn't allowed to use the animation. He recreated some spaghetti pasta Right, division. Posti- it, it got taken down because apparently Copyright picked up his voice and thought he was infringing Copyright. <laughs> it's
3: like Toei getting That's its rough, own man. fucking Tokusatsu channel taken down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, it, it's like... There is something about the cast, regardless of the regardless of language for Demon Slayer being absolutely cursed on social media sites.
0: It's true. <laughs> oh like, yes.
3: Do I have oh. to tell the story about poor Natsuki Hyene versus the Demon Slayer? Well, it's right optional, now? but I'm gonna tell that after final thoughts, because that story is just absolutely hilarious.
0: Um
1: I agree, uh, and uh, like, I, I'm in agreement, like, if, if this if, this road does not make Alex a big name, like, it, it should have, at least be, like, a stepping stone on the way to that. He clearly has a lot of talent in shops. Uh, this is the first thing I've seen him in, I'm looking forward to seeing him in more stuff, he's great. Friday, boy!
2: Uh, uh, you, uh, you, yeah, you'll be able to hear him in something very important on Friday. Oh, that's
1: right, oh, that's, that's right. I complimented him because I could not believe that was him in the uh, Dora Hidoro trailer because it
0: sounded so yeah. incredibly different. By the way, Apparently... it comes out Thursday, Jerk.
3: Oh, my bad. I know. Uh, also, apparently he sounds nothing like Sanitsu as his character in JoJo's.
1: Is, he gonna, is, is, is Damon going to start having competition for the... You mean he hasn't had competition already? Damon, Damon's my standard for like I, I actually don't believe you can do all these voices yourself. Uh, I,
0: so I, so I,
2: mean, I mean, there's him, there's Colin Goff, there's Ben Diskin. Yes, but I don't and, watch uh,
1: <laughs> a lot of California dubs, so I don't know what any of those people sound like for the most part. That's
2: the problem. Okay, 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 I mean, okay, I mean, come
1: on. I believe you, I just don't have the evidence personally. I,
2: I, 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 like, 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 okay, did you watch any Coday Kings ex going
1: out, out? No, because I was in high school when that came out. Uh, dang it. Uh, uh I'm, sorry. Question. I'm 31, my dude. I'm sorry.
2: Okay, okay. I, mean, I, was, I was just going to say, to put it into perspective, Ben this plays two major characters in that show that talk to each other.
0: Okay, wait. Sure like, I, and, like, and <laughs> <laughs> I, I I, just remembered. I just remembered. <laughs> Thank you, Kelly. I just remembered. Have you seen Hey Arnold, Armand? I mean, like, when it was on TV. Do you remember Eugene?
1: Uh, yeah, but he sounds like not really. Yeah. Yeah. He's the guy with the nose and the green hat.
2: Right? I
0: yeah, no, with the no, uh. That's,
3: that's stinky. With
0: the, with the, the ginger no, hair, not, uh, the bad t- look.
1: No,
2: uh, yeah, like orange, like really
0: big orange hair. Well, I know, and very wide well, age. Anyway, is that
1: is that is that also Ben Diskin? Yep. Is that where this is? Yes. Oh, okay.
0: As I learned from Killing uh, Goff. But
3: I was gonna say, if you really wanna, if you really want a good uh good thing for Ben Diskin, um, he's like too. Oh mind you have a switch, right? Yes. I guess I'm gonna have to gift you a copy of Fire Emblem Three Houses, because he plays two characters in that, and one of them is, like, a tiny little angry fighty man.
1: Oh, boy. Where was I? Zack. I was gonna talk about Zack. That's where I was. Um, Zack. Zack, it took me a little bit to warm up to Zack. And I wasn't entirely sure why. I, I kind of attributed a little bit that... Tanjiro is a little weird as a shonen protagonist, and that I feel like he, as a something to do as an actor, he's not super showy. A lot of shonen protagonists are often very like loud and bombastic in some capacity. Even when they're not, they're often characters like Deku, who, if you excuse the pun, he's like there's a quirkiness to him. He mumbles to himself. He's got stuff going on. Uh, Tanjiro feels a little more straightforward, and I felt like. Zack, like, not that Zach didn't have anything to work with, but I think sometimes he just had the problem of, like, Tanjiro's a nice boy <laughs> who's just trying to do a nice thing. Uh, and I think I think especially early on, I think maybe just com- combination with, like, you know, it's the first time he's playing the character. Um, and also just that I think Demon Slayer really kind of takes a while to turn into what I think the show actually is. Like, uh, having, like, even read ahead, like, having read through the manga, I feel like it doesn't turn into, like, it doesn't quite hit the tone it has for most of the rest of the series going forward until about the time Zenitsu and Inosuke show up. Uh, but as he went on, I, 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 his performance grew on me. I thought it worked... I think it worked better going forward. I think partially just because like, he was getting used to playing the character. I think he had more like other characters to work off of who weren't just like you know ghost children or you know uh his, his mentor or one-off demons who'll be here for this episode and the next and then we'll never see them again because they're dead um and he, he grew on me a lot i i especially i think by about kind of about like a little before like a third of the way through i was like consistently enjoying his performance um and i just think he does a good job of just selling tanjiro as just like he is that nice He's just, he's just, he's just trying to do good by people. He doesn't, there's no, there's no subterfuge here. Uh, you know, when Inosuke tries to get a rise out of him, he's just gonna, gonna be polite to it, because he doesn't want to fight Inosuke. Inosuke's not a bad guy. Why does he want to fight him? Uh, you know, he'll be sympathetic to Zenitsu, because, you know, Zenitsu's not a bad guy. He's just in over his head. There's this, there's this, there's this unforced, like, niceness, which doesn't feel like, uh, you know, unearned or fake or anything. I, th- I do think Zach presents that to the character well um yeah i th- i i feel like there could be I, I i feel like i'm a little i'm a little groomed with megan i can't wait for that moment that's kind of like the big the big push where it's like ah yes you are you are tanjiro that's this is this is a role made for you um but until then like i feel like it feels like he's turning in a very strong performance like he's he's hitting too many marks for it to be bad ever and like at worst it just kind of like this is fine uh, I, I, especially, I, for some reason I really just liked his, his trade-offs with, like, the three girls in the last three episodes who were just kind of, like, his, like, training cheerleaders. Especially where they're, he's like, well, if I, if I stop breathing when I'm sleeping, hit, just me. hit me with these sticks. Beat the shit <laughs> out of me! they just, they're just intently sitting around his bed waiting for him to stop breathing. <laughs> they just smash away at him with these big cheery smiles on his faces, and it's like, this is a really silly show. I remember we were having this big dramatic like story about the cycles of abuse a few episodes ago. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. Like I. I think. I think the leads in the show are really strong. I'm looking forward to that movie, and I'm looking forward to whenever season two comes out. I. I'm looking forward to this, especially because now that the manga has ended, I feel like the show is not going to run into too many bumps as far as like having to like, pad or stretch things out. Because it's like, oh, we know where this is going now. We can just. Make sense. Uh, Not
2: worry about uh, I, I, I mean, I would say yes, but uh, it is Aniplex. They might try to milk it for
1: all they can. So well, then I'll have to fly to Japan and fight somebody, won't I?
3: Take my alligator.
1: Yeah, I will.
3: <laughs> uh, so, uh, so, uh, okay, I mean, hey, you could
2: go fight Henry Goode, and I'm sure Hardy would very much appreciate that.
3: Hardy's gonna Henry roll would. up with, like, a gun and a nail bat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, fuck a go, a, a fuck go, the nail bat. takes a Take some brass knuckles.
3: No, it's a goat, a nail bat, and, like, Clouds
1: motorcycle. There we go. But yeah, I'm I'm enjoying this. And on that note, I think uh, let's turn to our final thoughts, Jed. If you'd like to start us off.
2: Uh, sure. Uh, so this is a series I've uh, been very I've been very much enjoying. i have been aware of it for like a good long while. In fact, I actually read it when Viz like put out the first three chapters in Jonah Jump, and it's a- and then I guess dropped it because it apparently didn't do well in polls over here. Uh, So I uh, I was definitely very surprised when it turned out that it was fairly popular and that it did eventually get an anime. And since I was always kind of curious about it, I was glad when I finally got to check out the show. And uh, while it definitely does take a little while to pick up steam, I did eventually get around to it. And uh, it's definitely a lot of fun. I like a lot of the characters. I I think it has a pretty good sense of atmosphere. And uh, obviously it's become a pretty big deal now, so I'm definitely very curious to see where the rest of the story goes. And uh, as for the dub, it's a pretty solid production so far. Um, so uh, again, there like again, there are a couple of uh, performances that I'm waiting to like maybe really, really wow me. Uh, but uh, uh, but there's definitely nothing here I have like any major complaints about. I think uh, for the most part, everything here is very solid. There's definitely a couple of performances that I was really impressed by, and uh, I definitely very much looking forward to hearing more of it.
1: Uh, Jamal
0: yeah so when i first heard about this show i understood it but like making waves everywhere for like the last year or so like it was a it was a pretty big deal because i know one of the things was i didn't really think much about it because the thing about it was body mutilation horror let alone horror in general is not my kind of thing but ufo table kind of handles those, those moments in a way that it feels kind of subdued to the point i can actually tolerate to the point i actually kind of enjoy it the way the show presents itself it kind of gives off this old vibe of like old school martial arts samurai movies and so to the point i'm debating whether i should actually sh- show my dad a couple episodes or not because i know that was that would be something we could join together it is it, it is very interesting it's a very awesome concept Yes, it's a is a shorted anime, but it kind of does it in the way you wouldn't really expect a shorted anime to. Well, for one, it's kind of reaches conclusion proper in the main story. Uh for two, you know, to me, it kind of feels like they took like the good elements of both Shiki and Bleach and just put them together. In this uh in the, and said in the Taisho the tie show era, to the point that like. Not one, not one aspect of the show is overbearing over the other. And everybody pretty much held their ground, kept it the interesting, kept the story going. Uh, where was I going with that? I, I do look forward to the show some more. I can't wait to see the movie. I do think that the happens is well-deserved. And before anybody starts by the animation, I think the way the story... The animation lends itself to the story very well, so if you think it to yourself, it's not the most exciting thing I've ever seen, you gotta understand that it goes hand in hand with the story. That it really kinda tells the story itself, you know? Especially episode 19, because on the second we watch, I almost started crying for some reason. But.
3: Yeah, that, I got, I'll agree, like, I'm not the biggest fan of the rest of that episode, but, like, I kind of got a little teary-eyed watching A Little Misty, like, the second or third time I've watched
0: it, so. Yeah, because it's not only the animation, it's the music itself as well, because. Yeah, the
3: music carries it.
0: Yeah. yeah, I hope I can find some way to get the OST on iTunes. I got the opening ended already, but. But, yeah, everybody, it's very It's a very well-made well production. It's a very good anime. It's a very good dub, you know. Just check it out for you. Well, just check it out when maybe a standard edition or so comes out. Because I know you're going to do it, this after your final thoughts. But by the time this episode comes out, it'll be off on demand. And it'll be up for pre-order very soon. Hell, uh, sorry.
3: <laughs> That's okay. Uh, I'll go. Um, I can understand why this became the phenomenon that it was. I was hooked on it from, like, episode one. Um... I think I remember going to Anime Boston last year when this was just starting up and I'm on Amon Almon knows I would run and tell him like, hey, I found Demon Slayer shit. Um it's true. So like me and him were like, Yep, alright, let's go and a lot of people weren't really talking about it uh super early on into the production of the show, which I find kinda of incredibly strange because I actually think the first ten episodes were some of the best on the show. Um I think this is a dub that is very good, very solid. If not a little safey and kind of sterile at points, um, this isn't anything like I'd be like this dub sucks. Go watch the sub, because again, I would rather watch this in the sub in the dub because of one performance of the sub that I just don't like. Um, uh, it's a it's a great series. Um, if you're if if you're like me, who's like, I would buy the show, but I wouldn't get the limited edition. But I am anyway because I'm a sucker for Yuki Kajura's music. Please, please, I love you. Um, I think it's great. Uh, I, I love the soundtrack of the show. It is everything I want in life. Um, I think this is a, a really good show just to check out, and I, I just want to say to all the people who are instantly detracting from this show's quality because it's popular, uh, shut the fuck up. <laughs> yeah. Um. Please do. Please shut up. Um. Because something is popular does not mean it's bad. It also is on the flip side because something is popular doesn't make it good. Um, make your own judgment. Don't think that you're better than somebody else because you don't watch Demon Slayer because it's quote unquote for normies. Bitch, you were that person with bleach. Um, <laughs> you too were a normie. In fact, anime fandom, get rid of the term normie. At this point, Anime is normal in mainstream society. Like get over it. Stop using normie as an insult because you're insecure in your own like for Asian cartoons. We you sound like an alt you sound like an alt right show. Knock it off. Like congratulations. You like Kaguya-sama. 10,000 other people do. You're not alone. Stop it. Um I think that the show is is actually a lot of fun like surprisingly this is not something i'd show my seven my my five and eight year old nieces um they're not gonna get to watch this one with me uh but this is something i would show to somebody who's like hey i want something a little bit more adult than normal shown and fair because there's a lot of tvma ratings on this fucker for a reason um but i think the dub the dub came out really well i think it's a really enjoyable show like i'm obviously like willing to put down for the limited edition sets for this um as well as I really can't wait to see the movie. Um all in all it's a it's a great time and I think the dub lives up to making this very, very watchable. Now if only UFO Table would stop doing tax evasion and really weird CGI.
1: <laughs> we can only hope.
3: I'm not gonna lie, I still think Fate Zero looks better than this show, and that's like god knows how old at this point. Um, I
2: mean yeah, you're not wrong. <laughs>
1: um let's see i to give you an idea of how much i've been looking forward to this i was i got interested in demon slayer when an article showed up on a and mentioning that viz had licensed some manga i'd never heard of called demon slayer and it was just it's called demon slayer it gave like the one paragraph description of what it's about and it had like the key art that's like the cover to the first volume of the manga which is like uh tanjiro and nezuko like uh nezuko's like snarling at somebody off screen or something Uh, And I thought, hey, this looks like a thing I might enjoy. I should keep an eye on whenever this comes out. And I started reading it, and I think it about uh, Volume 2 when they had the fight with the Swamp Demon, and the Swamp Demon just opens his coat and shows the little, uh, like, trophy thing of, like, hair clips, and it's like, this is a fucking Hellboy comic. I like this. (laughs) I'm gonna read this until I die. Uh, And then it got an anime, and I was so excited because this is one of the few times where I feel like I got ahead of the curve on something, and it's just like... The thing i like is gonna get popular uh and then like megan said like it didn't it did it was was like people talked about it a little bit but until like episode 19 hit it didn't wasn't really a big deal and then when that hit it was kind of like oh that's when it finally blew up a little bit i was i was disappointed there was no anime boston this year because i was looking forward to seeing all the demon slayer cosplay and being able to sell manga to lots of people uh but like I, I enjoy enjoyed the show a lot, and I think this is a very good strong dub for it. I am, I'm happy that it's gotten so successful. I think this dub has helped with that. I think you know, being able to watch this on Tsunami and have a, a nice, fulfilling viewing experience with it has really helped it. Uh, and it just, it's kind of exciting to see something that you, like, enjoyed and cared about, like, get the attention you feel it deserves. Like, I, I enjoy this a lot, and I highly recommend it to people. And I'm also plunking down for that. Limited edition because as loath as I am to encourage Aniplex's stupid pricing policy, they did find a way to make me make an exception. This is my second.
3: This is my second exception. My my theorizing is well, the second half comes out after my like right after my birthday.
1: Like this this is this is technically my second exception, but I bought my copies of Darara used for about fifty bucks for the three of them, so I don't really count that.
2: Yeah, uh, I have the Madoka movies, but they aren't nearly as expensive. So I, I uh, bought
0: I'm I bought all of Kill and Kill during my first Christmas sale. <laughs> okay, I, I
2: mean, like, like okay, okay, Kill and Kill is like the one nice Aniplex box. I will probably cave on eventually, but I have it
3: yet. I'm probably eventually going to cave on a Fate Zero box, uh, even though mm. my boyfriend obviously owns owns the original releases, and I kind of want to inherit it from him. For anybody asking what my one exception was, it was Katsugeki Token Rombu because the dump wasn't streaming anywhere until literally like a week ago. As That's of the true. recording of this episode. <laughs> I think I saw that announcement and immediately shit my pants. I was like, thank god I can finally do an episode on this.
1: Ah, good times. Um, on that note, uh, if you would like to watch Demon Slayer, um, part of it's currently- it was airing on Toonami. Is it reruns? I don't watch. Uh, no,
3: it's coming uh, off demand slowly. It's it's yeah. really weird. At this point, if yeah. you want to watch Demon Slayer, uh, you're either gonna have to plunk down uh, money for the dub, or you can mm-hmm. watch the sub. I believe both on Funimation and Crunchyroll
0: and Hulu. Yes. And Hulu. And Hulu. Uh,
1: I assume the dub will probably go back up on some streaming site at some point. I imagine probably not too long after the physical release comes out. Uh, so if you do want to watch the dub, like get on that. Uh, sorry that it will tell you take like two to three weeks to edit this episode so that's two to three episodes you're gonna have to have trouble tracking down. Sorry. Yeah,
3: as of, as of the time of this recording I think the first three episodes are off now.
0: Yes. That sounds
1: right. Yeah.
0: And a lot more to come off this week too.
1: Yeah, but I I, I imagine that was pro- that is this is probably a temporary problem and in the future it'll probably pop back up somewhere. Uh, uh, if you want to follow us... Uh, You can follow us at uh, Podcast at various places, Twitter, Instagram, Twitch where we sometimes uh, stream games and uh, we're also on Tumblr, though we don't really use it because who uses Tumblr in this day and age anyways?
3: We have too many uh, female-presenting nipples on our podcast for Tumblr.
1: It's true. (sighs) Tsk, tsk. Uh, And we also have a Patreon uh, where you can give us money uh and you can help us uh produce this uh, fun little excursion in uh talking about stuff and what have you uh and if you do give us money you can get your name read out on the podcast which i'm about to do uh thank you to our five dollar patrons uh b morris crimson Echidna, michael nuding michelle travis miraculous corazon and nico robin but with Yowie hands thank you jackson And our $10 tier, uh, Kali Lestikow, Jacob Wilson, J2, a.k.a. Jared, Julia W., Marissa and Spartacus. Spartacus? Oh no, which one? There's so many. Uh, So thank you for that. Um, Ladies and gentlemen, would you tell me where I can find all of you on the internet?
3: Do you mind if I go last so I can tell the story after I say my name?
2: Yeah, sure. Uh, sure. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Vine or like, get to hear infinity at Dub Talk, where I will uh, usually be talking about cartoons, animation, or like whatever. And you can also find me on my blog, Animation Infinity, where I will sometimes write things. And uh, you can also hear me on another podcast, Podcast ONA, uh, alongside fellow Dub Talk host Andrew, where we will usually be uh, talking about animators.
0: You can find me on Twitter at Jamstar529. I'm on YouTube at Jamstar1. Uh, blocks Collected Dust. I plan to start a solo podcast at some point. Hopefully very soon. Uh, I'm not doing anything at the moment. I'm also a assistant editor for the podcast. And uh, I will say have fun with this one I'm on. <laughs> ruefully uh, uh,
1: you can find me on twitter at I'm Duel us Duel has to use in it I talk about music and comic books and anime uh, and I have a dusty old song for you if you'd like it yes uh, so, so I usually try and pick a song that has something to do with the show uh, but I don't listen to a lot of fantasy metal so I don't know any good songs about explicitly fighting demons that aren't like black sabbath songs about the devil which isn't really the same thing uh, so I decided to go in something a little more abstract. Tanjiro uh, has a sortifying style that's based on the flow of water. Uh, and there's a song. There's actually a song I like that's partially about water. And I recommend to you uh, a little medley by uh, the British guitar player Robert Fripp of King Crimson. In the very end of the 70s, he put out a solo album that has a, a set of tracks: Water Music One, Here Comes the Flood, and Water Music Two. Uh, They're very nice, because Here Comes the Flood is actually a Peter Gabriel song performed on this album by Peter Gabriel, uh, in part because it was on his first solo album, and he thought the production on it was just really awful and overbearing, so he took this opportunity to record a really pretty stripped-down version. Uh, It's really good, it's kind of sad, I like it a lot. I highly recommend going out and listening to it, it's a good time.
3: Hi, my name is Megan. You can follow me at Quinera 2, and now let's tell you the ultimate story of one man versus corporate synergy. Uh, Natsuki Hayane versus the, the official Demon Slayer Twitter account. <laughs> um, uh, apparently, on a radio show for Demon Slayer, him and Hiro Shinamoto were talking. Um, so, if you don't follow Natsuki Hayane, which you should, uh, he posts a lot of pictures of his cat.
1: Uh, just, just to be clear, who is Natsuki Haya?
3: Uh Natsuki Haide is the seiyuu for Tandoro. Uh You would also know him as the seiyuu for uh, Kaneki in Tokyo Ghoul. I believe he is the seiyuu for... Oh god, I think he's in something this season. I can't... I think he's... Is he in Listeners? Or... I think he's the main uh, kid in Listeners or something.
2: Uh, no, that's Natsuki Haidei. That's someone else.
3: Oh, he's in something from this season too, and I, I don't and I watched it and I don't remember what the fuck it was. Um, shit. Uh, I'm gonna look this up and put it in at the end of the story. So essentially, what happened was uh, they were telling the story. If you if you don't follow him on Twitter, um, he posts a lot of pictures of his very adorable, fun, weird-looking cats. But uh, in his uh in his Twitter bio, because he posts so many goddamn pictures of his cat. Decided to put the words uh, NekoBot. So he followed the official Demon Slayer Twitter account, and he comes in one day to find out that he's been blocked by it. So he's like, "Oh well, I I just wanted to promote the show and retweet it every week." So he he goes to the corporate office. And he goes, "Hey uh, guys, uh, y- y'all blocked my Twitter account," and they're like, "Oh God, we're so sorry, we're so sorry." But blah, blah, blah. he's like, oh, "It's no problem, no problem." Uh, so it happened again. And it actually happened apparently like four or five times. <laughs> and he just gave up. And if you can find the actual video uh, where somebody subtitled it, you can you can listen to him tell it and he tells it in a really funny way. But Hiroshinomoto is fucking dying in the back. Um, he is absolutely Mick losing the, this poor guy. Um, there's something in this series... That's what it was! He's, uh, he's the leads in both Apari Ronmon and, uh, Gleipnir. That's what it was. Uh-huh. That's what it was. He's, a uh, Apari and, uh, Suichi. He's Apari and Apari Ronmon and, a uh, Suichi and, uh, Gle- uh, Gleipnir. That makes a lot of sense. Uh, but, yeah, no. a uh, really funny story, and that's all I really have for, uh, Uh, for this. Oh, I did want to mention this. If you want to buy the dub of Demon Slayer, but the idea of Anaplex pricing scares you like it should all normal people, uh, they are teaming up with Funimation to make a standard edition release of this. That will be at Funimation's pricing. So, uh, yeah. Thank you. Thank you for that, guys. Uh, now please let Funimation dub Silver Spoon, you fucking cowards. I'm good. Go ahead, Alman. End this bitch.
1: Now, on that note, uh, thank you for listening to us ramble on about this, uh, this violent series about uh, killing things and also being really nice. Uh, thank you. Uh, I certainly had fun.
3: Thanks, Almon. This was great.
0: Oh, yeah. Thank you, I think uh, Yeah. Thank you for being
1: on it. This was this was a lot of fun, yeah. Thanks guys. And now, now let's go follow the spiders.
0: As we go to the closing thread, I'm grimacing in pain. I hope you know that.
1: No, that spiders. was spiders. A- I'm going, I'm going, I'm going to, I'm, when, when it's safe to go outside again, I'm going to drive down to Florida, and I'm going to come to your house, and I'm going to boo loudly while handing you a plaque
0: that says best pun on it.
1: You can put that on your wall. As long as you
0: understood the, you, as long as you understood it, right? Oh, I,
1: I got, I got the joke. It was very
0: it was good. Okay. <laughs>
1: good night, audience. It's been fun.
0: Otaku good on.
1: night.
0: Otaku on.
1: Rock on Boston, rock on Chicago. Keep
0: it emotional.